Hurts goes into a long count. Hurts backpedals. He steps up. He looks. He lets it fly. And it is complete. Dallas Goddard went up between two defenders and won the battle. See, that's playing through contact. Dallas Goddard runs that corner route. And he flicks the ball just over the defender's head. And this is a great job of fitting the football into a very, very tight spot. Over Sneed, the cornerback. Oh, what a play. What a moment. Just a year ago when Jalen Hurts was at his best. Welcome on in. Midday show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, 215-592-9494. lot to get to today. Howard joins us at 1130. And, of course, we'll have Ross Tucker later on in the show at 1230 at the Super Bowl. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Philly. Hey, listen. I know we all got that announcement yesterday that we're going to Sao Paulo, Brazil. That don't mean y'all guys going over to Brazil and try to fall in love now. Just be careful. Yeah, just be careful. Don't try to go over there and get married because it's going to be a party. It's going to still be kind of warm over there, too. I'm sure it will. Yeah, it's going to be nice, man. That was a a heck of an announcement. Yes, we'll get to that, our reaction to it. And we'll try to uh, guess who the Eagles will play week one on a Friday night in Brazil next year. So we'll throw that in the mix, too. A lot to talk about. Also, we just got this news from Woj. Want to make sure we get it out there. Um, Joel Embiid underwent a left meniscus procedure on Tuesday, so he went underwent it this morning. He'll be reevaluated in approximately four weeks. According to Woj, how his recovery goes over the next few weeks will be paramount, but there continues to be a belief the door isn't closed on the possibility of Joel Embiid's return this season. So any more we get today, but sounds like Embiid's in the recovery room right now. Procedure done. They did it. Reevaluation coming up in Four weeks. All right, a lot to get to today, but here we just played the highlight there of, of uh, Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl last year, and we saw him, despite a shoulder injury, really played one of the best games we've ever seen in a Super Bowl. Certainly an Eagle quarterback ever played in a Super Bowl. Him and Nick Foles both played r- remarkably well in those two Super Bowls there. Uh, and it's just as it's good as you could see on a big stage. And he was we get set for this year's Super Bowl, Mahomes is back, and he goes up against Brock Purdy. And as I think about it, Hugh, I... I was thinking about Jalen this morning, right? And and if he can get to where we want him to go mm-hmm. and be at the best version of himself, which one of these guys is he closer to that's going to play on Sunday? You know, it, let's say Jalen does find a way to reach his ceiling again or get back to a high level again. Is he going to end up closer to a Mahomes kind of guy or a Brock Purdy kind of guy? He, when I say that, what, like, what do you think? We've seen Hurts at his best. Now we've seen Hurts struggle, trying to find his way back. We get Purdy Mahomes on Sunday. You think he's closer to Mahomes in the future or Purdy? I think he's closer to Mahomes. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm looking at his stat line from the Super Bowl. He was 27-38, 304 yards and a TD. Now, that's something that, you know, obviously we all know that it, that didn't get us to win. When you look at that compared to the quarterback that he was going against, he threw for more yards than he threw than, than uh, Patrick Mahomes. So I think that there's still some good in Jalen Hurst. And the bottom line is this. If we take away – that last month of the season, even though Jalen was struggling, he was still pretty decent. He didn't play to the standard that we needed him to play to because the wheels fell off the wagon, but I still think he's a good quarterback. We just need to figure out how to fix it. He is a good quarterback, and they have to try to get him to be a great one again. Here's where I'm at on this. At 215-592-9494, Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback, and he's been a very good Eagle quarterback, and I think he could be one into the future. But when I think about the guys that are playing on Sunday – I think his ceiling is closer to Brock Purdy. And before everyone freaks out, I know Kyle's going to freak out. 
This is not a knock on Jalen Hurts. Brock Purdy's good. No, he is. He's a bit, he's a baller. Yeah, he's been balling. He, he is, and he just had comebacks in the postseason. If Jalen Hurts has a stat line in the future like Purdy put up this year, we will all do jumping jacks. Like we will go crazy if he has a sixty-nine point four completion percentage, four thousand two hundred eighty passing yards, a one thirteen passer rating. There's a reason until that Christmas night game where he wasn't good. Brock Purdy was probably going to win the MVP of the league. And whether or not you thought he should win that or not, that's a separate thing. He was in the running, just like Hertz was in the running. And and here's the way I view it. Purdy's good, but you know what Purdy probably needs? He needs a lot around him. And I think this year showed us that Jalen Hurts is good, but he does need a lot around him. Like it, Mahomes, to me, is in a different category. Yes. Because he can win with whatever kind of team you give him. This year it's more of a defensive team. He had a lot of issues at wide receiver, and they still got to the Super Bowl. He obviously has had Tyree Kill in the past, and he won with him, and the defense wasn't very good when he first got there. And it doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes wins. I don't view Hurts that way, that he's a win with whatever you give him quarterback. I think, like Purdy, he needs a loaded roster around him, and that's okay. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks do, but Hurts won with a loaded roster at Alabama. He won with a loaded roster last year with the Eagles, and I think if they give him one into the future, he could win again. Really good coaching and a really good roster around him. Jalen Hurts looks really good, and I think that's more similar to Purdy than Mahomes. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know who else uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, got into the Hall of Fame by having a good roster around him? Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was a guy, when you look at his roster, and I don't know. See, this is the thing that bothers me about this and when people talk about football, and I think it's probably because when people want to talk about good quarterbacks, they always want to talk about the talent that they had around them. Mm-hmm. It's foolish if you have a quarterback that can play. It, I think it's foolish not to have talent around him. And for whatever reason, it probably started around the time that Kurt Warner was playing, that it started to shift. And people started talking about, well, you know, he's not a good quarterback because, you know, he got all the talent around him and anybody could coach their team, whatever. Man, whatever. We got two Pro Bowl receivers. We have a damn good tight end. And we had a good running back, which we probably need to try to sign back in DeAndre Swift. There's nothing wrong with having high-caliber players around you. Like I just said, Kurt Warner had – a couple of Hall of Famers around him, uh, including himself. So if you have a quarterback that has the skill set that Jalen has, I don't see the issue with putting talent around him and, and keeping talent around him. Now, the difference is there's only a few quarterbacks that you think of that can win with whomever, Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. That's what it kind of feels like. And even when you talk about Patrick Mahomes, he was aided heavily by his defense, but that's okay too. You're supposed to put – if you got a talented guy – it makes sense to put talented people around. Of course. Now, the challenging part in a salary cap league is once you pay the quarterback, you're not going to have as much money or resources to put good players around. And we started to see that this year with the Eagles. They lost half their defense, and and Hurts wasn't great enough to make them overcome that. They just He just wasn't. And in the future, that's going to be a challenge. That That's why, for me, he's closer to Purdy and in the future, where I think he's good, he could be very good, they could win, but it's going to be about roster challenge and coaching. Like, would Purdy be this good if his coach wasn't Kyle Shanahan? Probably not. No. Jalen Hurts without Shane Steichen, eh, not great. Verdict's still out. Well, yeah, and it wasn't great. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes has lost offense coordinators all these years. He has, he has Andy, but they've shifted coordinators, Matt Nagy and um, Biennemi in and out. I mean, they've changed guys all the time. Doug Peterson um, you know, was there with Alex Smith, but the Chiefs with Andy have switched coordinators all the time because those guys get jobs. They move on. Mike Kafka happens all the time. Mahomes is just steady, steady, steady of greatness. I'm not ready to put Jalen in that category. Steady, steady, steady of greatness because he's done it one time. He's been great one time. 215-592-9494. And you said the jury's still out. I mean, Hugh, there, 
The jury is still. I mean, Ray Dittinger on WIP just last week, listen to what he said when asked about Jalen Hurts, and does he have some concern? There's no question last year that schematically they were a couple steps ahead of everybody because nobody knew quite what they were going to do. The RPO thing gave them a flexibility and a, uh, and a changeability that really had defenses off guard last year. Well, this offseason, they had time to study that, and teams were much better prepared for that. And the fact that they didn't, and here's one of the things, and this gets back to the coaching again, one of the things that, that allowed that offense to be dynamic last year was the RPO. You know, they didn't have to use a lot of motion. They didn't have to change formation because the RPO gave them that mysterious element. You never knew quite where the ball was going when it was in the quarterback's hands. This year, when they backed so far away from the RPO, and that became less a part of the offense, you had to compensate somehow else by motion or something else. Well, they didn't do that. And that was a big change this year. I mean, the whole offense just looked, you know, Difficult. Everything looked hard, Hugh, a lot, a lot of times this year for the Eagles to move the football. It just yeah. looked cha- – every down looked challenging. Last year, was, it was almost easy. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and you're right about that. And as the season progressed, it just felt like it was harder and harder to try to get the ball to your playmakers. Now, A.J. Brown was that dude for the first six weeks of the season. But as the season progressed, it just, it just became more of a slog. And the offense didn't evolve, evolve to the point where it, it – it, catered for the fact that they were trying to stop A.J., and it didn't get other people, other people numbers to be called or get involved in offense. You have to do a better job of that because the NFL is constantly changing. And if there was one indictment that I would have against the coaching staff, it's that, you know, you, you would think that at every half of the season, whenever you get your, uh, you know, your bye week, that's when you go out and you self-scout yourself and you try to make sure that you don't have any tendencies. And for whatever reason, this coaching staff didn't pick up on the tendencies. Maybe they were too busy worrying about whether or not Coach Desai was, was getting along with the players or what they were buying into what he was selling or whatever it was. There was a disconnect that they need to figure out a way to get together. When you talk about this season of the Eagles, 11-6 is not a bad season, but it was just the way that it fell apart towards the end. You take away that last month of the season, pretty good season. Not, 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 not bad at all, but you can't. And that's what we see when we see this quarterback and everything that happened with this team. Yeah, well, the funny part is the Chiefs also went 11-6 and six this year. Mahomes went 11-6, and six, but he's in the Super Bowl right now, and Jalen Hurts, because of things that went bad around him and the way he played, he got knocked out in the first round. 215-592-9494. Jalen Hurts' ceiling. You know, one year ago, his ceiling was on display, and he went play for play with Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Lost to him, had a big mistake, but he played really well. A year later... I think his ceiling is closer to what Brock Purdy is. And that's and I you know what? I'll take it. For all you Brock Purdy haters out there, if Jalen Hurts plays like Brock Purdy next year, I'll be happy with that. Kyle, as our resident Brock Purdy hater on the show, <laughs> what is your uh, feeling on this thing? Jalen's ceiling closer to Mahomes or Purdy? What are you doing to me, man? I'm just I'm asking a question. Do I so do, do I need to start the show off today by firing uh, this up? Uh-uh. Brock Purdy, fellas, Brock Purdy is going to be a backup quarterback in five years time this is coming less from a place of of hurts adoration and more, and more of a place of brock Purdy hate yeah hey, like hey. I, I just think if you flip the roles this season brock purdy's the eagles quarterback i think we're maybe a six win football team at the ceiling and if you put jalen hurts on the 49ers or kyle shanahan in that roster i think they're winning a comparable amount of games i think they're probably right in the same exact spot look jalen hurts had what we all consider a down year this year and for 11 weeks he was still Right on par with Brock Purdy and ahead of Brock Purdy in MVP consideration. Jalen Hurts 
even this year with Brock, I don't care about Brock Purdy's numbers. Jalen Hurts was a is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy is. He, he just is. Uh, so while Patrick Mahomes, I feel like is in a stratosphere of his own. Brock Purdy is maybe the tenth best player on the 49ers. Where I think if you put Jalen Hurts on the 49ers, he's top five. So I think Jalen Hurts is more of a reason that his team wins than Brock Purdy is. So I, I think with that said, I would put him closer to Mahomes. Not by much, but I would have to put him closer. Yeah, I, listen, I, some of that stuff I do agree with, but th- we saw them on the same field in December, and one guy was way better than the other. We yeah, saw him on took, the same he took, field. He took what the defense gave you, man, and he he capitalized off it. you got to give him props for that. All right, before we uh, we go to the phones here, just because Kyle said that. I mean, Kyle just said that he thinks Purdy's a backup in five years. Right now, today, if the Eagles called the 49ers and said, we'll give you Jalen Hurts, you give us Brock Purdy, what are the 49ers saying? Today. Today? That's not fair, though. Yeah, Mr. Hurts, that- Hurts makes $250 million. Brock Purdy makes like yeah, he 10, makes- 10, 10 much, bucks. If he's that much better? Well, and No, because like... All things being equal, the I think, fact- they, would yeah, take, like I think if, they would take Jalen yeah, Hurts. Yeah, oh, if, they were, if, they, if the money was equal, they're taking Hurts. I, right now, I don't, th- I don't think they would trade Brock Purdy for Jalen Hurts. He's in the Super Bowl. <laughs> So what? What do you mean? Just, just in the Super Bowl last year. He's had two years, and all he's done is play excellent. Jalen Hurts has been up and down, up and down. Okay, I, but I'm not saying I wouldn't. I'm saying I don't think the Niners wins would. are not a quarterback stat. No, it's, Joe. it's his play. It's his play for two years. Two one five. And guess what? I'd be happy if Jalen turned into Purdy. I like Purdy. I'm a Purdy guy. Turned into Purdy. Listen Purdy. to yourself. Yes. If <laughs> if Jalen Hurts plays like Purdy did this year, we'll build a statue for him. If he ever has a pass rating that high, we'll build a statue for him. He'd be one of the greatest years in Eagles history. 215-592-9494. Jalen Hurts, when you think of his ceiling, we'll move forward here. Do you think he's closer to Mahomes or Purdy? I mean, I, I think I think he'll be closer to Purdy, which is good with good stuff around him and good coaching. That's what I view Brock Purdy. He could be really good with good stuff around him. Jalen Hurts, we saw this year, Hugh, without good stuff around him. Eh. Not the, I saw a growth of a quarterback. I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw regression. Him grow. I saw him grow. I saw him be able – the thing that you're probably looking at, Joe, is the fact that from outside of the pocket, he didn't look great. He took off and ran a lot of times when the rush wasn't even around him. But the deep throws that he made, some of the decisions that he made when he was out there on the field early on, it made me believe that, you know what, we have something here. And he can grow into that. And even when you talk about Patrick Mahomes and his early career, I mean, he had some pretty decent players around him. Now, he just got to the point when, when Tyreek Hill left that there was a lot of speculation on whether or not teams figured him out and all this other yep. talk, and he fought and battled through all of that. I think that right now for ad- the adversity for Jalen Hurts right now is probably similar to what it was when it was, was for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, yeah you're probably similar. right, but – he, he needs to bounce back. Well, but he wins. Patrick Holmes gets the title game even in ad- adverse years. Yeah. They weren't even yeah. that good this year. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about early on. I'm not talking about this year so much, Joe. I'm talking about a few years ago when they were talking about how uh, Patrick Mahomes teams have figured him out. I think that was like two years ago. Yeah, about two And that was a big years. story. That was a big story about, oh, you know, he, he ain't that guy anymore right. because teams have figured him out. You got to learn how to adapt. And, and capitalize or, or survive from the adversity that you're facing. I think that's what Jalen is right now. This is the way I'll frame it, and then we go right to the phone lines, everyone's take on this. 215-592-9494. I believe Mahomes is already one of the four greatest quarterbacks to ever play no a pro football. No question about that. So it, just on that scale, I don't think Jalen's ever going to get close to that. I'm, I, I love Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to end up as the greatest Eagles quarterback ever. I think he'll surpass Donovan one day. 
but Mahomes is already a top four quarterback. He might yeah, be top the, two in the, in the in the time span ever ever just to get in that stratosphere. M- meanwhile, there. I think Brock Purdy is going to be a very good NFL quarterback. That I think that's where Jalen Hurts. I'll tell you, he's going to be on somebody's bench. Yeah, I, I think. Listen, guys, Le- I, collecting splinters in his ass. Uh, well, about I was the prom king. In at about one five point. days, he's going to have a ring on his finger on Sunday night. All right, no, two two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Tennessee championship ring ain't bad. It's a nice. No, ring. no, no. I, I, I mean a Super Bowl. Ring on Sunday, Super Bowl ring. Hey, hey, listen, I, I don't, about the I don't, championship ring here. I don't wear my NFC championship yeah, ring, but it's nice. It's, it's, it's nice. I just don't wear. You it. should wear it in tomorrow. I mean, I'm it? just saying, I don't want anybody to feel any kind of way. Well, people are going to feel some sort of way, <laughs> that, that, especially during this conversation. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone lines here. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Jalen hurts his ceiling. He's going to land closer to Mahomes or Brock Purdy. The two guys we know face off Sunday night in the Super Bowl. Chris in Middletown. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Good morning, guys. Hey, What's Chris. Going on, Chris. All right, Joe, mm-hmm. you convinced me. I did it. It's a good you start to the show. Me. How about that? All right, look at that. You you convinced the I people. I swayed this him. Well, not everyone. People want to yell at me, but go ahead, go ahead, Chris. What are you thinking? Yeah, you convinced me that you're an idiot. Oh, <laughs> you set me up. All right, why? Uh, so I actually was on the fence, and I was leaning in your camp. And thank God for Hugh and Kyle to speak some truth and wisdom and sensing to me. Um, dude, Brock Purdy is not a very good quarterback. I'm sorry. You know what comes to mind, guys? Let's go back to a Christmas movie we all watched. Remember watching Elf? Yes, right? of course. Yeah, Elf's, Elf is maybe the last great Christmas movie made, by the way. It's a really good movie. Yeah, so remember how they were talking about the different jobs for elves? <laughs> I feel like Jalen Hurts is the elf that's building the clogs, and he goes, drunken fool, couldn't even, couldn't even make a clog. Because who does he have for a boss? He's got dumb, dumb Sirianni. He's got, you know, horrible uh, Moore who got fired as an offensive head coach. Where, meantime, Kyle Shanahan's coaching up Brock Purdy. And Patrick Mahomes has arguably one of the greatest coaches ever, definitely a first-bound Hall of Fame head coach in Andy Reid. So, like, I I think we're being very critical of Jalen and saying, oh, he's got the cast of players, but if you got morons leading the way as your coaches, <laughs> it's going to affect you. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely uh, I, I'm down to, on the side of truth and wisdom. He's more like Patrick Mahomes than like Brock Purdy. So I, I agree with some of you said. Chris, we appreciate it. But here's the part, and, and I think you landed on it, Chris. I like the elf analogy. What have we seen in three years with Jalen Hurts as a starter? When he's got the right stuff around him, which last year was, right? Roster around him, defense, weapons, offensive line, coaching staff, play caller. Jalen Hurts could be really, really good. Really good. Great, actually. That's, I thought he played great last year. And when it falls off a little bit, he, he doesn't succeed as much. That's what I think Brock Purdy will be. Now, as long as he stays with Kyle Shanahan and the Niners, he's probably going to be really successful because Kyle Shanahan's an awesome coach. And I look at Mahomes in a different stratosphere. Yes, he has Andy, but Patrick Mahomes is... He's won what they took Tyree Kill away from. He still wins. Yeah, but he had to grow from that. And, and but he and did. Thing, and Jalen Hurts didn't grow. Hugh. Yeah. And the thing to your point, Joe, he grew during the course of the season. There was something that happened with this team where they got stagnant. They they didn't grow. And and I don't know what that is. And now we got reports coming out where you know on the defensive side of the ball, guys were were going renegade. They didn't like the coach and everything like that. So there was something that that stunted Jalen's growth. But outside of that, I still believe 
that Jalen can be that guy that we're talking about. I, I and he, he needs can... a good supporting cast. Like, to your point, I don't think the supporting cast around Jalen was as good as it was around Patrick Mahomes. I, you and I agree on that, but that means, for me, he's not close to Mahomes. But, but, because because Jalen's – and you look at Jalen's college and pro career. When he's surrounded by greatness, he wins. He's not surrounded by greatness. Eh. And you know what the opposite of that is? Look at Patrick Mahomes, what he was surrounded with when he was in college. It wasn't greatness. Right, but in the NFL, in the NFL no. – Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and right in college, but he played at a that's a make believe school. But see, Texas this is, Tech. <laughs> that is so wrong. Well, that, you Texas say. Tech has never won a but, thing. But to your point, the structure that he had at Alabama, outside of the time that he had to get he got benched for uh, yep. to a Tagovailoa, it showed you how in a structured in a structured environment how Jalen can thrive. I think last year was a perfect example of how in a structured environment. Jalen Hurst can survive and, and, and thrive. This was not a structured environment. We need to get back to that. See, I think uh, that's what a lot of people are missing because I feel like Patrick Mahomes would not be who he is if it wasn't for Andy Reid and the structure that he put around so him. So I think it helped him, but Mahomes is special. No, he's special, and I think Jalen is special. But you like this is where I think the disconnect is when people talk about athletes. You don't get like you get to the you get to the pros. But you still have to be coaching. You still have to be put in certain certain situations in order to get the best out of you. I agree. But I'll just use a, an example we just saw just recently. They took Tyree Kill away from Mahomes. He's going to win back-to-back Super Bowls, yes. if you guys are right. They, we took away A.J. Brown for a game, and the Eagles couldn't get to 10 points. I think that's, that has to do more with coaching than it does the quarterback, and, and he has but that, to coach him through that. For me, that means he's closer and, to Purdy. He's and closer per, to a guy who and, needs everything right. And with Brock Purdy, you look at the way that Brock Purdy was playing. Brock Purdy was like Mr. Relevant about, what, two years ago. Yeah, but then he got everything good around him. And 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 he had also had a good coach around him. But that's why I think and, it's like Hurts. And, and, and this is this is what – no, I, I think that the skill set helps because just like we're talking about Brock Purdy and, and having a, a good coach around him, Matt Ryan was in the same situation with uh, yeah. Kyle Shanahan. It's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. I think that you if you have the skill set, then to have the right mind in the room with you, working with you, understanding who you are, you can go to tremendous heights. Even though you you have a talent, you can go to tremendous heights with that right person in the room guiding you. 215-592-9490. For a lot to do on the show today, we'll talk to soon-to-be Dr. Howard Eskin. we got to get to that. 1130, right. he'll join us. Balls get sweaty. Ross Tucker from Las Vegas at 1230 from Radio Row. Plus, all your calls coming up here is Jalen Hurts' ceiling. Closer to Brock Purdy. Or Patrick Mahomes, the two quarterbacks we know will be on the field Sunday in Vegas. Jumping out, 215-592-9490 for Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Brock! For Niners is surrounded with talent. Debo, Ayuk. Crazy. Um, McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Kittle. Uh, Kittle. So that, now you see Trent Williams. Are, are we going to say, is Brock <laughs> the MVP or is it the team? That In that case, that's the team. So if we look at the Eagles, is it Hurts or the team? Yeah, we've done this before. Welcome back. It's the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillier, the voice there, of course, of Micah Parsons. He got us all riled up last year when he said it's the team more than it's Jalen Hurts, and now we're doing the same thing with Brock Purdy in San Francisco. Here's the way I look at it. As I look forward, the two quarterbacks playing the Super Bowl Sunday, I think Hurts' ceiling, his future is closer to Purdy. If you put a lot of good stuff around him, we know Jalen Hurts could play really well. 
Mahomes, I just think, is a totally different animal and already one of the great quarterbacks of all time. 215-592-9494. What do you think about that? I mean, Hugh, it's always a fun debate when there's a quarterback that's with a good team. It's like, is it the team? Is it the quarterback? I mean, obviously, there's some elements of both, but this is what we did with Hurts last year. Parsons did, right? He said it's more the team than it is Jalen, and now this year Purdy's getting that treatment. Yeah, I, I feel like there also is an element of coaching there. I mean, it, there has to be. You know, and I, I understand that at this level, we're all professional athletes and everybody wants to be professionals and, and put that professionalism in it. But we've seen firsthand how coaching matters. Of course. Especially when you talk about this defense and the way that it played last year. So I, I, I hear what everybody's saying. There's a certain level of talent that you have to have, which I feel that Jalen has. And I put it like this. If, if, if Jalen, and this, this simplify for everybody, if Jalen was with Andy Reid, I think he would have been a better coach player than he was this year. That that's that's I how, agree how with I that. feel. I agree. That. And so that's what I'm saying. When 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 you ask me this question, that is is my answer because I feel like Andy understands his skill set and puts him in positions where his skill set can can be enhanced and things of that nature. And he's also grooming him and growing him to see different things that even though he's very, very talented, that he's not going to see from the same perspective that Andy does. Andy told me one time, I remember when I, was, when I first started out in this media gig, and I asked Andy, and we were talking about Tim Tebow because at that time he was a big debate on whether or not Tim Tebow could play quarterback. Tebow mania! Yes, and I remember asking Andy, I said, Coach, can Tim Tebow play quarterback? And Andy looked me straight in the face. He said, yeah, if I was coaching him. So that matters. And I, and I understand this is, a, this is one of those conversations that you have and you talk about Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. Kyle Shanahan saw something in him that he felt that he could cultivate mm-hmm. and make a better player. And I'll even go back further. When you look at all Jimmy Garoppolo and all the other quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has had, he's one of those coaches that he gets a lot out of lesser players. He does. He, when he was with Matt Ryan, he made Matt Ryan an MVP. Mm-hmm. So that just tells you right there it's about the coaching. The coach makes you more of what you are. I agree. But, and here's how I separate it. I think Mahomes is all-time anyway. Now, Andy, yeah. Andy and him together are unbelievable. I don't think Purdy's an all-time great player. He's just he's a very good quarterback right now. I think Jalen Hurts last year showed he could be a great player, very, and he's a, he could be a very good quarterback. But I think both Purdy and, and Jalen – are, are you know they need a lot around. They need the good coach and the, the good players. Mahomes, you give him whatever, and he's won. 215-592-9494. Let's get to the phone lines here. Jalen Ceiling, as we move forward, is he going to be closer to Mahomes or Brock Purdy? Let's go to Hassan, who's up next. Hey, Hassan. Hassan. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How you guys Good doing? morning, Hassan. How you doing? You guys, you guys are right about coaching. Coaching means everything because look at uh, Geno Smith. You know, he was a backup for a while, highly drafted pick. But Jalen Hurts, I think, if on under Shanahan this year, I think he would have been another top MVP candidate. He was with us in the beginning, but I believe under Shanahan, they probably would win the Super Bowl. Purdy, under our offense, he would have been a daring headlights. You know, it, coaching means everything. Mahomes is Mahomes, but I think Andy Reid's toolage, toolage uh, helped him um, prosper fast faster than normal. He would have been great, I believe, because Mahomes mm-hmm. is a great athlete. 
I agree with but, you on uh, that. But yeah, him him and Andy are at a different level. So you're with me, Hassan. It's closer to Purdy. You know, you put Jalen with a great absolutely. coach, great situation, he'll win. But if we don't have that, it, I think it's going to be choppy. Absolutely, and I think this year, hopefully, we'll be better with the new offensive coordinator. But absolutely, he's more co- closer to him than he is Mahomes as of right now. Yeah, and Hassan, we appreciate it. And, and I think it, I just want to make sure that I say this because I know you know Kyle said that he thinks Purdy's going to have a job soon or back up within five years. I think Purdy's good. This isn't a knock on one off Jalen Hurts. Like, oh my goodness, he's comparing him to Brock no, it's Purdy. Not, because Brock both Purdy's quarterbacks good. are pretty good. Yeah, yes. both quarterbacks are pretty good. But I look at it like this, and and this is the best way I can describe it. Jalen Hurts was considered an MVP candidate on his skill set alone early this season. As the season progressed and people started to get a book on him, that's when coaching exposed him because they couldn't coach him. They, they didn't do a good job of putting him in positions to be successful. And, I, and you know the play that I always go back to. When we go to Seattle and the first thing that this dude does when he gets off a plane, right by him damn self, as sick as he was, is run a draw yeah, play. Yeah. Like that that to me is the biggest indictment for, for Jalen Hurts and the and the conversation that we're having today is that your coach had the mindset or the wherewithal to run a draw play with a dude that was sickly and and rode a plane all across the country by him damn self. So I agree with you. And the and the coaching wasn't good enough this year. But some of this is also on Jalen. No, it is. Yeah, it I mean is. He, he no one told Jalen throw the ball in a double coverage against Seattle to end the game. <laughs> Nobody that did. was his decision. But that's what I'm saying. But that but that part of that is coaching too. Part of that the the fact that and, But you think uh, they coached him to no, do that? No. Let me tell you he what happened to. though. Then he chose that because whatever play that they called him, AJ Brown said, "You know what? Bump that. We're gonna do our own." Uh, that's thing. true. That is true. <laughs> so, so it's coaching. Yeah, but you know, but when Mahomes goes off script or it feels like the play breaks down, he doesn't make mistakes. He makes plays. Jalen, I feel like Jalen hurts after three years of watching him play every game, and obviously a couple few games at the end of his first year. When things are right around him, he can be really. He could be. A, he's a winner. And he could be great if he's healthy and it's all going the right way like last year. But this year, I feel like, showed us things. You know, the defense goes off, the coaching goes off, and it's it's choppier. He's improvised a few times, and it's worked out in his favor. Yeah, of course. But but it's just like this year, the way the wheels fell off this wagon, man. Oh, it fell off. It was bad. It fell. Let's go to the phone lines here. OG Wade and Chester. What's up, OG? What's up, fellas? How we doing today? Hey, OG. You dropped a little knowledge without the cop. Uh, let's hear it. Listen, um... If, let's say the, the guy that the face the ball went off his face mask in that with the Detroit Lions, he catches that that interception, right? We talking a whole nother story now because that, that pretty much seals the deal for Detroit to go to the Super Bowl. Probably, that, yeah, that, yeah. That turnover right there. So that's the line that you're talking about Purdy in right now. The best player on Purdy's team is what the running back. The only other team that you can name that to be the case in the NFL is Saquon Barkley with the Giants, which both quarterbacks are what? Okay, average quarterbacks. You see what I'm saying? Purdy is a good quarterback, but I think what's happening right now is that people are trying to take the position where the 49ers are in right now, and they're equating that Purdy is that good. We've all seen with our own eyes that Purdy is not that good. You know what I'm saying? Good player, yes. I believe that Jalen Hurts has the, uh, uh, the, the the ability to be a great player. I don't believe Purdy has the ability to be a great player. I, have, I think he has the ability to be a very good player. 
but so when you ask the question, is he closer to Mahomes than uh than than per, you know than Purdy? Then I would say closer to Mahomes. Not to say that he's better than Mahomes today. I'm just saying that I believe that Jalen Hurts is going to be a great player. We have to stop with this um, these comparisons in the terms that we're doing it. When you're talking about the Eagles playing the 49ers, you said Purdy showed up in, in Philadelphia and he outplayed. No, he, he did. He was Purdy better that played, day. He was hold better. on, slow your roll. Well, don't, OJ, 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 hold on. Who played better? <laughs> who played better that game? Can I can I finish? Yeah. Purdy played against the 30th ranked defense. I understand, but who played better? Who played better? OJ, hold it, hold on. You could put all the context in you want. Who played better that day? Joe, see, here's the deal. Here's the the reason why, I I mean, people get disrespectful sometimes. (laughs) If you're saying who played better that day, obviously Purdy played better because Purdy was playing the worst damn defense. And if you... But hold on, OJ, OJ, hold on, hold on. That's fine. And you could say, you know what? I expect Purdy to have better numbers that day. He played against a worse defense. But, oh, gee, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make up for Jalen not playing well against a good defense. If he's great, no, he's got to play better. Joe, Jalen had no turnovers in that game. Zero. Oh, come okay. on. No, you for, on. Do you forget? Do you, well, do you forget? Just, no, hold on. Because we, can, we can't just change what happened to fit what we want. Do you remember the play? Wasn't that the game he slipped? And caused them to have to kick the field goal? Yep. Yeah, holding the ball for five seconds behind the line of scrimmage instead of getting rid of it or running, and it caused, early in the game, the game to change. I don't think they win anyway, but that that was a poor play by Hertz. What about, what about the two touchdowns that he threw to A.J. in the end zone and A.J. Uh, couldn't catch the damn ball? That turned into six points. I, I'm trying to remember those plays. In the Niner game? They were, they were corner. They were corner routes. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm remembering we, we, one in the Cowboy we game. Been, we should have been up 14 in that Niner game. We yeah. were up six because Jalen Hurts threw a post corner to AJ two twice in a row, and AJ allowed the, the the corner to face guard him. If he was a more experienced receiver, he comes back to that ball and draws a pass interference twice. Yeah. I, okay. So I mean, we, we, can, we can go with that. And I, OG, I get it. And listen, I, I I always love the debate, but. Like you could give me all the context you want. Purdy walked in here. You could say the better team, better coach. He outplayed him. I mean, he just yeah, that was the, a... the same field. One guy played excellent. Give all the context you want, and one guy didn't. I don't know what you want to say. Yeah, especially coming into that game and and the magnitude of that game because the 49ers have been chirping all year about that day. So much so that even last year, before the season even started, Coach Shanahan was talking about. Marking that game on his calendar. Mm. He was like, come on to town. And we played like we weren't prepared. That that's the, If you want to be truthful about it, we played like we didn't know that game was coming. And and we got exposed. Let's just call it what it is. We got exposed. And from that point on, the blueprint was out on us. And we didn't do anything to adjust to it. And that's why, you know, it's – I mean, I know it's a tough pill to swallow, but the truth of the matter is – Brock Purdy did was the better quarterback yeah. that day. Yeah, and that's it. You and you could believe if you want that Jalen has a higher ceiling and all that kind of stuff. And he's close. You, you have your opinion on this. I'm just saying that day, it was Purdy close. was that dude. I, and I, one other thing about coulda, woulda, shoulda is right. He's right. If the ball is caught by the Lions defender for interception, Lions are probably in the Super Bowl. We're not having this conversation. But can I do the same thing with how Tom Brady's career started? You the can tuck do that. rule, man, Joe. You can do that. Everybody, for every situation. 
that we're talking about. The beginning of Brady's career, the, for the first uh, Super Bowl, they get there because of the tuck rule. And then his second Super Bowl, the kicker kicked the ball out of bounds for the Panthers, put the ball on the 40-yard line. I mean, like, that's, that's the NFL. Yes, you know, a play here, a play there decides it, and some guys have maybe some luck on their side, whatever. The football guys. Yeah, I mean, you, couldn't I do the same thing last year if Bradbury doesn't hold, if Jalen doesn't fumble? All of that. And, All of that. Again, that changes the. I agree. That changes the conversation. We can only live in this is what we have, and the way I view it right now is Jalen's ceiling is closer to what Purdy is. Very good, and he could, he could be good as long as good stuff's around him. Mahomes, I view on a different level. Joey from the dump truck. What's up, Joey? Joey, what's up, you? Good morning. Good morning, Kyle. What's going on, man? How you doing, Joe? Joey, come on, man. Purdy at his best is Alex Smith. I think he's better. Yeah, Alex never did this stuff. That's very, very close, though, right? If he, has his, if he goes to his full potential, he's probably Alex Smith. Because they don't ask him to do much. They ask him to throw a three-yard pass. That's not true. He has the highest depth of target in the NFL. I, we've created this stuff that's not real with Brock Purdy. No quarterback this year threw the ball on average further okay, down the right, field. All right, all right, I'll give you that. Take Brock Purdy and put him on this Eagles team with this Eagles coaching. And what is our record this year? We ain't winning a whole lot of games. Uh, the Eagles this year with Brock Purdy, I think they would have won about nine or ten games. With Brock Purdy? Yeah. With this coach's staff? Yeah. No, they, no they would have. I think early in the season, some of the stuff Jalen did with his legs, like the Rams game, I don't think they win that one with Purdy because he doesn't do what his – What about Buffalo? Uh, that that's a probably another one they don't win. But you know, but Joey, to be fair, in the first half in the Buffalo game, Jalen didn't play well. Now he played great in the second half. But I don't know. It's probably a different game. I don't think the team is that different. Purdy played better than Hurts this year. All right. My last take before I let y'all go. Um, who is being asked more of? We're going to ask more of Jalen Hurts. They're going to they're gonna give him more true? of a playbook. They're going to give Brock Purdy. What, what does his playbook look like? I, Joey, I, that's, you know. Don't, don't turn it over. Yeah. Get a ball, I, put the ball in the game. I don't know. Get it out quickly. He's Alex Smith at best. Yeah. So I'm going to hurt went toe to toe with Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I promise you, Brock Purdy is not going to look like that this year in the Super Bowl, and you know that. No, I disagree. Uh, I think he's going to look good at the Super Bowl. So, Joey, it's a fair phone call, but I, I have a question about what you said, and Joey, good call. He, so, Joey just said, who do you think they put more on? And I think my guess is he meant, like, cognitively. Who's asked to do more? Are we sure they're putting a lot on Hurts? I don't I – don't, see, that's a question we cannot answer. That's a question because a lot of those check downs and stuff, like when you talk about the offense that Kyle Shanahan runs, like you have to have playmakers in there, but you got to have somebody that can pull the trigger too. I think I think one thing we're not we can't do is diminish how diminish how intelligent Brock Purdy is. I think Jalen's intelligent as well, but I mean we we let's not go down that that that's a slippery slope right there. Well, it's any, I don't even think it's about cognitive ability, right? It's about what the team's asking them to do. Yeah, right. And we, and we keep. I don't know. I mean, are the Eagles not putting more stuff in because they don't think Hurts can handle it, or are the coaches don't? And, do they not have the bandwidth? I don't know the answer. And that's the million dollar question, man. And 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 that's a fair question to ask because when you look at this offense and the de evolution, if you will, of how it played, you have to ask those questions. Like especially when you talk about the motion thing, because when you go in motion, it gives you information, and 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 you talk about how a lot of teams, like when Nick Bosa said. Jalen's more worried about the rush than looking down the field. Mm. That's something else that, that those are habits that you have to try to break in somebody. And, you know, like this offense being as limited as it is, those are valid questions, whether or not Jalen could pick up the offense or what they were trying to put in or implement. So, yeah, th- those are all questions we do not have the answers to.
I just want to add a little bit of context to that thing about the air yards or a dot, whatever. Mm. Uh, Brock Purdy leads the league in yards after catch mm-hmm. per completion, and his intended air yards per attempt lower than Jalen Hurts, about 16th in the yeah, league. Yeah, because they, okay. he takes what the defense gives him. He he keeps so more it, middle of the pack. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He keeps. He I got takes that's what that wrong. So it was it's the yards after the, but I think yards after the catch at times too is a quarterback stat. You put the ball where it's supposed well, yeah, to be on and, time. The guy can keep running. And the receivers, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. And and the receivers make it happen. From what I now I don't have the numbers for me. Jalen Jalen last year. I think Jalen's after the catch yards last year were really good because I thought he put the ball where it needed to be last year more. Right, He was more accurate last year. He you know, hit A.J. on slants or Devontae, and they would go for him. I mean, they both should have good numbers considering they have good receivers. Well, at least in terms of this year, Purdy's was 6.7 per. Average uh, is the air yards? That would no, be, uh, yards after catch. Yards after catch. And then Hertz was 4.8. Yeah, and so that's significant. That's yeah, and it, I don't think it should be that big of a difference. I mean, we have Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. Hurts right behind Aiden O'Connell, Desmond Ritter, oh. Zach Wilson. Yep. Now, but some people are probably screaming that's coaching, right? They're not <laughs> running the right routes. They're not sure. getting them into all that. Look, the bottom line is, I think people may be taking it as an a, an anti Jalen thing. It's not. I think Purdy's good. Well, so Purdy's I'm, the polarizing figure. I know he's he is, but I, polarizing figure, if so. Jalen plays like Purdy, I wouldn't be upset about that. Obviously, he can run more and he could do all that stuff. I just mean as a thrower and a passer, Purdy's good. Josh is up next. What's up, Josh? Man, you got me. Gotcha, Josh. How you guys been, man? It's been a while. It has been, Josh. What are you feeling today? I'm uh, I'm good. I, I just want to say this. Um, I'm always listening, right? Uh, I just had a baby. We uh, we just had a baby girl. Oh, congratulations, and, um, Josh. That's th- awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So th- that's one of the main things I want to talk about is like, you know, bringing these kids up in this generation, raising an Eagles fan. It's, you know, it's definitely challenging, you know, getting your heart ripped out constantly. But I want to say this, no matter what goes on this off season, I really do think that the Eagles are going to be competitive next year. And I really think that they have a chance. I know we're talking a lot about Jalen Hurts and like pedigree where we think he like, you know, lies between both of these players. If I'm being honest, I think he's more towards Patrick Mahomes, man. I think that <clears throat> I said to Kyle, Brock Purdy is most likely going to be subpar average player in the next three, four years. I really do believe that. I think Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts are both superstars in the league, and I think they both have the potential to win games at any given moment. I think this year specifically, Jalen struggled a lot. It's most, mostly in reading um, in between defenders for linebackers and safeties, hitting that high-low read. He struggled attacking the middle of the field a lot this year. I don't know, again, if a war gun to Nick Sirianni's head, if that's a coaching decision or if that's Jalen Hurts struggling to possibly read a static defense. Like That's why we probably don't do a lot of motion, Hugh, like you say. But it's very interesting to me, like watching this, because I watched a lot of tape last year, and I rewatched this year again. It's very interesting how we didn't attack the middle of the field a lot this year. It's it's very frustrating when I watch. What do you guys think about yeah, that? Yeah, like, I saw a stat recently that only about five percent of Hertz's throws this year were over the middle, which, which feels crazy. I mean, <clears throat> and I understand there's more traffic in the middle. You could get tips. I understand why teams kind of prioritize the outside. It's kind of one on one. It's it's easier to create a matchup. But yeah, Josh, it does feel a little crazy when it, they they don't do it. Can I say this? Honestly, Jalen Hurts attacked outside of the number with a lot of accuracy this year. Hitting that 10-yard out, hitting those curl routes, those comebacks, I think those are money plays that, that, that he likes specifically, right? So when you talk about like coaching and how like they try to adjust an offense to a player, I think those plays are Jalen Hurts' plays. 
I'm interested to see with what Kellen Moore brings this offseason and how he adapts the offense with, with not just uh, play calls and not just you know, schemes and formations. I want to see them develop motion plays that create leverage and allow Devontae Smith to rip across the middle of the field on a 15, 20-yard in route. A.J. Brown hitting a, a post, the corner post. I want to see more leverage-developed plays to get these guys wide open for Jalen Hurts to have statistically better numbers so then we can just hold, like, this whole debate is irrelevant because I really do agree with Hugh. A lot of this year, offensively, Jalen struggles was coaching. It really was. I, I uh, do agree. Now, I think the, uh, the knee issue, his inability yes. to move as well, that's all part of it. Josh, good phone call, man. Congratulations again with uh, with the baby. 215-592-9494. We'll keep the calls going in the 11 o'clock hour. I'm fascinated to see what people think on this. Is Hertz's ceiling, as we move forward, is it going to be closer to Mahomes or Brock Purdy? I think it's closer to Brock Purdy. Hugh thinks it's Mahomes and Kyle thinks Purdy's a backup within five years. So we're all over the place today. We'll get your phone calls here and we'll speculate who are the Eagles going to play week one Speculation in Brazil plus Travis Kelsey at media night on whether or not we'll be seeing his brother suit up in that game. As more Jason Kelsey, maybe not really retired rumors are out there. 215-592-9494. It's the Midday Show on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sick and tired of achy joints. Dread the idea of surgery. Yeah, I did too. That's why I went to QC Kinetics. You know, when you get older, those joints start to ache real bad. But, you know, I ain't got to talk about that anymore because I went to QC Kinetics and my joints feel great. I have another procedure coming up tomorrow and I cannot wait to go. But before that, let me just tell you how I feel right now. I feel great. Get up every morning, work out. And the biggest thing that I've noticed with my workouts now is that my knees aren't as sore as they used to be. And that's a big deal. You know, when you get older, man, those knees and trying to get out of a chair – it doesn't feel the greatest. That's why I'm telling you about QC Kinetics. This is not a Band-Aid that I'm telling you about. This is a revolutionary treatment that can get you back in the game. If you like to work out or do anything outside activities, you need to talk to these people right away. Your body has what it needs to restore and repair itself, and QC Kinetics can make that happen for you. This is no drugs, no surgery, no downtime. The future of pain treatment has arrived, and it's QC Kinetics. Hundreds of board-certified QC Kinetics providers have treated a ton of satisfied patients all over the country. You can be one of them. Hip pain, back pain, any pain associated with arthritis or injury, give my people a call at 215-999-3000. That's 215-999-3000. One more time, 215-999-3000. QC Kinetics. Check them out. What do you think of this one, Hugh? Oh, that song's terrible. Terrible? What is that? Well, it's I guess it's the song of week yeah. one. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Wait a minute. This is from, uh... Come on, Hugh. Well, no, the movie Brazil. Well, kind of. Th- yeah. Well, no, I'm thinking about... Uh, A Disney movie. No, I'm not thinking about that one. I'm thinking about the, uh... Robert De Niro was in it. What am I? Was it Brazil? I think that's the name of the movie, Brazil. I got this from uh, Saludos Amigos. A 1942 American live-action right. animated film. Nope. No, I was thinking about Brazil, the actual movie. It was a weird movie. I think that's the name of it. it and Robert De Niro was in it. And he, he was a plumber. But he was a... In Brazil? Yeah, in the movie. But not, he was but a not super, in Brazil. No, but he was a superhero oh. plumber. Superhero plumber? Yeah, not like Mario Brother or Luigi or something <laughs> oh, okay. like that, but no, we somebody heard. out there knows exactly the movie that I'm talking about. 
It was about he was in love with this woman that she was a like a, a futuristic truck driver or something. It was a pretty good movie. I love when a, a song sparks something in Hugh's brain and it's just... Yeah, uh, and it goes all over yep. the place. Yeah, that's how it so works. So this might sound all over the place if it wasn't real, and that's the idea of the Eagles playing their first game next season in Brazil on a Friday night. Like, if you've just been sleeping since last night or out of it and you just turn on WIP, you say, first of all, what is Hugh talking about? What is yeah, this Yeah, what the hell does he mean? Why are they the playing this song, and what is Gilio saying now? Well, I... Of all those things, the one that is the most just fact-based, it's the game. So the Eagles, we got the news last night from Roger Goodell at his uh, Super Bowl press conference that the Eagles will open the season next year in Brazil, week one. And not just in Brazil, it's a Friday night Ooh, so you get to go. Say, I would, if I was to go, I would have to hit Brazil on a win in this day. You trying to you put in your request? No, oh, you know that ain't about to happen. Dude, that's like a 13-hour flight. Man, I, I just remember... Like, when I was younger, in my first couple years in the league, that's where everybody went for vacation. Carnival and all the other stuff. Have you ever been there? No, I have not. Brazil's different, man. Because what was the year that they had the Olympics there and they were talking about the uh, water that was eating people's skin? In uh, Rio, right? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Is that 14? Was that when the uh, Ryan was a, who's the swimmer? Ryan Lochte, did he get himself some, some trouble? That, yeah, there's a lot of trouble to be had in Yeah, Brazil, I'm sure man. there is. But it was, it was 2016. Like, 2016. Yeah, because <laughs> I used to hear stories about Olympic Village and how they used to get down. And then to be in in Brazil at the same time, yes, yeah, a lot going. On. All right. So what do we think of this? And then we're going to get into a guessing game of who the opponents could be because we we know this. It is an Eagles home game, so we lose a home game next year, right? It was mm-hmm. supposed to be nine home games, eight road. That's the, the they trade off every year with seventeen games. This coming season, twenty twenty four, the Eagles were slated as all the NFC teams are to have nine home games. Well, one of the Eagles' home games will be down in. Brazil. Brazil. So, Brazil. Hugh, before I give you, before we go over who the, who they could be playing in this game, what do you think? You thumbs up, thumbs down on uh, I, I Brazil? I think it's exciting. You know, in this time, I, like some people, it, I guess you have to get your finances in order to get ready for the the upcoming season. But I think it'll be a fun trip. I think it'll be a fun trip. I think that I'm assuming that if they're going to Brazil, they're probably going to go a few days early, just to you know get acclimated to mm. being over there at 13 hour flight or whatever. But it just seems like a fun time. And I think it's great for the for the Eagle fans that want to go. It's one of those things where when I heard it, I was like, "Wow, twenty twenty four September, you got a little bit of time to get your finances right." But that that sounds that sounds like a fun trip. So here here's trip. my take. Um, do I love the idea of them losing a home game? I don't. But that stuff kind of evens out. They yeah. you know every tw- five or ten years they're going to rotate this. So I'm sure next time the Eagles go on the you know for a game overseas, they'll be the road team. That doesn't bother me. I think when they went to ja- uh, play Jacksonville in London. What, five years ago, four or five years ago, they were the road team then. So that evens out. But, you know, this just continues. The NFL doesn't care about the fan that goes to the game. They don't care. I mean, think about the people here in Philadelphia that go to Eagles games. Mm-hmm. What percentage can, 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 can afford, afford the time and the money to go to Brazil? Very small amount. Yeah, but that, but no disrespect to the hardworking fan out there that, that works hard to get their Eagles tickets. But this isn't for you. That's what I mean. The NFL doesn't care about the hometown fan that goes yeah. to a game because they took away a home game from everyone listening to us that lives here that that probably goes or, or could go, and they put it in Brazil. And yeah. most of those people are not making that trip. Yeah, they just they, they, they did it with Seattle. For, they made it for Monday the high, game. highfalutin, yeah, highbrow individuals, and they did it to grow the game. Yeah, try game. to grow it internationally because it's like you talk about. Uh, the, a diverse sports landscape, you know, because I think the thing that leads over there mostly is soccer, but they're trying to bring the game international, and that's a great place to start. 
because this is as far as like the, what people who people pull for in Brazil as far as the, the the soccer teams, it's all over the place. Well, and there's I mean you think about I don't know if people like think about how big Brazil is. It's not just a, a random country. There's 214 million people there. Yeah, if they could create an NFL base the way they've tried to in England and they've tried to in in Germany over the past you know whatever number of years it's been. So I get what the NFL's doing, but they don't care about the person that goes to the game. In the hometown. We saw this, the Seattle Monday night game. Remember they changed that from Sunday to Monday? Yeah. They didn't care about you traveling. They didn't care about the people in Seattle that they couldn't make the game Monday. They don't care. The NFL has shown this for a long time. They don't care about the people in the crowd. They care about the big picture. But I kind of like the Friday night. I think that's kind of fun. I mean, Friday night in Brazil? Well, just I like just us imagine. as a, a viewer. I'm not going, but like. I think it's kind of cool to play well, see, an NFL I, game Friday night. I kind of like, when I think about the trip, I like to interject myself into it like I'm actually going. Sounds like you're, you, should, you should ask. I, ain't, I definitely Listen, I know my limitations. I'm not trying to go to Brazil and, and, and fall in love with somebody that I don't even know. I'm not trying to do that. Because that, it's a lot of, man, listen, from the pictures that I've seen and the people that I know that have went. Probably easy to fall lot, in love. Yeah, it's a lot of beautiful women over, over there. So, so I, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I do like the Friday night from a viewer perspective. I think it's something unique. We had, what, the Friday uh, – Black Friday game this year. Yeah. The first Friday game. And also, like, week one next year, we get a game Thursday. It'll, you know, probably be San Francisco or, or Kansas City hosting. Then the Eagles play Friday. And then we get all day Sunday to watch the other week one game. So I kind of like that. All right. Let's try to guess who they're going to play, Hugh. Here's the eight opponents, um, or the nine opponents, I should say, that the Eagles have as home games next year. So we have the three division games. I don't think they're putting a division game. Nah, that don't seem like <clears throat> that's right. going to be the case. So let's rule out Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. So here are the other six options. Who do we think they're going to send to Brazil with the Eagles? Cleveland, Atlanta, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, Carolina. What's your first instinct? Okay, wait a minute. Let me write this down. You right, said so Cleveland? If we rule out the division teams, right? So the, the other six home games for the Eagles next year, Cleveland, uh-huh. Atlanta. Writing this down. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Pittsburgh. The Berg. Green Bay, Carolina. Okay. I'm gonna go process of elimination. Green, you say Green Bay and Carolina. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not gonna be Green Bay. I mean Carolina. It's definitely not gonna be. Carolina. You can't start a season with Carolina. No, that's you can't. A, that's you definitely not. Yeah, we take Carolina out of that. Carolina is not going. I think Carolina's got an international game already too next season. Uh, that's enough of putting them on, in standalone yeah. games. No, no I no. can't because you already did the Jacksonville thing over in the UK. So I'm I'm gonna take Jacksonville okay. off the board. Okay, so that leaves Cleveland Green, like. When I think of Cleveland fan base, and I love Cleveland fan base, but I don't think, like, and I might be ignorant to this, I don't think that Cleveland has the kind of cachet that the NFL is looking for to go international. So I'm thinking it's it's between Atlanta, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay. I'm leaning towards Pittsburgh to be totally honest because of that Pittsburgh fan base is not, that that Pittsburgh fan base is a mirror. They travel and they're all it's over the place. It's a mirror of Philadelphia's sure. fan base. They do travel. Yeah, I would say Atlanta. Yeah, that's a good call. Atlanta's a good Atlanta's a good one too now because Atlanta fans they travel too. Mm. But there's no marquee to the team. Nah, yeah, they're yeah, make believe. Yeah, so it's it's to me, and no disrespect to the A, it's Pittsburgh or Green Bay. I think you're right. I think those are the two best like options. Those, yeah, because I, I mean, and, and and no disrespect to Cleveland because I'm from that area, but. <laughs> Nah, dude. I I would say if if I'm going and, and what makes me excited about this trip, it has to be either or. When I you think, got Jordan Love, yep. You yep. got like the Jordan Love factor to me kind of makes me lean when more I, towards. Hugh, I think that's it. The more I think about it, 
That's a marquee game. Two playoff teams, two young quarterbacks, still young quarterbacks, right? Same draft class. They're yeah. both, you know, they're both kind of in that range of are they going to become stars or whatever. Yeah, Obviously, the next, love, taking the next step. Yep, yep. I and. That just pops to and me. Pittsburgh ain't got no quarterback. They, they yeah, right. Nice, but they got a they got a hell of a fan base. Love Hurts versus Pickett Hurts. Hurts love is and that's the game. I, I think it's Green Bay. The other thing is, uh, like the Steelers Eagles game feels like you have to keep in Pennsylvania. And last time it was here. Right. Well, I well, think I, it's going to be here again. It would be but, here again. But, but you're like, so the fans could go right. Right. Like, yeah. Both like yeah. I, I feel like if it's a Steelers Eagles game, you have to. Like, why would you make both Pennsylvania fan bases travel all the way to Brazil to watch their teams play? They will. Well, they will, but like, I, I feel like it's you. It, it's easier for them to justify making it Green Bay mm-hmm. and make them travel from Green Bay, a, a, another fan base that travels really sure. well. You have the love hurts thing, and it's the colors of the Brazil flag, guys. Now that's green a big and one. yellow. That's a big one. But I just I. They're going to want to break TV records. They're going to want to say this is the biggest Friday night broadcast we've had. I mean, it's the first one, but like they'll beat all the other Friday night broadcasts. NBA, yeah. baseball over the years. Green Bay and the Eagles feels like it's going to be the game. We'll see. 215-592-9494. Now, on our poll so far, it's interesting because we put up, are you happy that the Eagles will be in Brazil week one? 72% are not happy. Well, people, with the, I mean, like, it, it's it took week away. One. It, what's the what's the well, problem? But it t- so for I, again, who's voting? I don't know. They got their coins together, man. Well, I also it, it just takes away a game from people here. Like there's a, there's a does it though? Yeah, well, literally, you can watch the game here on no, no. Friday night just as easily as you could on a Sunday. No, no, no but Pete's. no, but wait, yeah. it's but it's a home go. game. So seventy thousand right, okay, people gotcha. just like, can't go I, to a so game next I, year. I get that, but like you know. <laughs> I know. I, that's the part. I, I. It just hits me that they don't care about the fans. Well, you get your coins. Uh, you got it. But this gives you enough most time people to get your care coins, about right? the stadium going fans, which is a very acoustic. small sect of Eagles fans. Let's be honest. The people that go to games is like a small portion of Eagles right. fans. Seventy thousand of millions. I. Yeah. You're right about that. But how many of those people can actually make this trip? I don't know. Like a thousand of them. I, it's so a it's, utilitarian approach, Joe. What's good for everybody? I'm looking out for the guy in the crowd at the game on Sunday. All right, yeah, Joe, Joe Giglio is always fighting for the common man well, in Philadelphia. I'm closer yeah, to that than I am a guy who can afford a trip to Brazil. I know that. 215-592-9494. Your reaction to the Brazil-Eagles game for week one. Actually, in the week one thing, in terms of the season next year, is probably the best spot because – it gives them time. Like they could play on Friday, they wouldn't play till the next Sunday. Yeah, you talking about rest factor, recovery and all that stuff, and flying and all. Yeah, that's a it. long trip. That long is trip. that's a big one. All right, we'll take your reaction. And of course, Jalen Hurts closer to Mahomes or Purdy, his ceiling moving forward. Let's go to the phone lines here. And after we talk to Jeff, we'll let you hear about what uh, Travis said about his brother maybe playing down in Brazil next year as the Kelsey retirement stuff doesn't really have an ending yet. Jeff's in Wilmington. What's up, Jeff? What's up, guys? Hey, Jeff. What are you thinking? I kind of like the uh, Brazil thing. Well, it, it kind of. I think people should have seen it coming when the league went to 17 games because that allows uh, the league to take away a game, whether it's a home or away, on the ninth. When you have nine of whatever one, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're still getting eight home games. So it's not like it's a disadvantage. I mean, yeah, the 60,000 fans that go to the game are possibly upset, but. The league doesn't really care about them, like you said. It, yep. they're, they're looking at the big picture with the TV and the exposure. And Brazil is a, from what I can see, is an amazing place. And sure, I, I, Jeff, I actually think that what you said, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, a lot of people think they're going to go to 18 games eventually, so that would change it. Yeah. But if they keep 17, it wouldn't shock me if down the line every team has eight home, 
eight road and then some sort of neutral site like it's a different yeah. country or yeah. you know they play it somewhere unique and I, I that actually would make it more fair if every team had to do it once a year exactly all right so as far as the question of the day i think jalen is uh more towards a patrick mahomes than he is um brock purdy but here's the thing i think the whole thing has to do with the, the scheme that the, the coordinator had this past year i mean jalen proved that he can play not that was you know last year was or this the Super Bowl season, he was amazing. Now we get a different offensive coordinator, and honestly, I was scratching my head more at the play selection than his individual play. I was. I think we all were most of the year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he had yeah. some bad ones, but yeah, for the most part, game to game, it was like, what are they doing more than what, what is he doing? doing? Yeah. Now here's here's the perfect scenario. He's got the capability to play like Patrick Mahomes or close to it. But he hasn't been able to manage the game as well as Brock Purdy has. So if this new offensive coordinator can mix those two together, we're going to have a pretty damn good quarterback and a pretty good team. Yeah, they will. And, and let's add in one more thing. He's got to stay healthy. He's got, that knee's got yeah, to be good. But you add it all in. Yeah, we saw it last year. His ceiling is super high. 215-592-9495. All right. Um, Kyle, what do you got on the uh, Steelers-Packers thing as we try to guess the opponent here? So this is from the Eagles' website. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, I guess these are little descriptions about the games. So Green Bay Packers, parentheses home, says the Eagles and Packers will play at Lincoln Financial Field for the second time in the last three seasons. That's on the Eagles' website. And then on the Steelers' one, a little more vague. 2024, we'll see Pennsylvania's two NFL teams battle it out. Eagles have not lost. They, they don't really say where that game's going to be. Mm. So they make sure to specifically say the Eagles-Packers game will be at the link. Nothing of the sort on the Steelers' game. So do we think was that written recently, or is that kind of a vague thing? It was just up when the season ended. Look, I mean, we we do detective work on the show, so all the time. All right, we'll do some. We'll dig some more here. We will do some more digging. I think Packers would be a cool opener. Packers in Brazil feels like an opener. All right, speaking of detective work, we're all trying to figure out when and if we're going to get a, f- a real announcement from Jason Kelsey. Is he in? Is he out for 2024? His brother last night at the Super Bowl. It was media night at the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And uh, listen to what Travis had to say about the Eagles playing in Brazil and maybe Jason being there. You think Jason plays in that Brazil game? I think so. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not a betting man, but uh, I think he's got some football left. What are the odds? What are the odds? Yeah. I, no, I don't even know. I'm, I'm going to leave that up to him. What do you think, Hugh? The mo- it's, it's been weeks now. Still no announcement from Jason Kelsey. Uh... I think he's still milling over. I think there's a good chance. Money's going to probably play a factor into any any decision that he makes. Because, like I said, he's in a position, he's in a rare position where, you know, he's going to be able to supplement his income with television and probably make more money than he would on the field. It just all depends on how bad he wants to play. Because somebody's going to hire Jason. Oh, of course. And they're going to give him a ton of bread to sit there on one of those these uh, shows and, and just talk football from his perspective. He's considered the best center in the league right now. So that that's what he's wearing it against. He's, he's, he's the best, but he's in a position where he's thinking about retiring. Somebody's going to come with a ton of bread. The Fox might do it and say, hey, man, you want to come sit here? Whatever your salary is that the Eagles are going to pay you for this year, we'll double that. There's also this one. I'll tell you what, I think it's still up in the air whether or not he's going to continue to play football. I mean, if anyone knows, I mean, if I had to guess two people that would know, it's his wife, who obviously isn't going to be doing interviews at Media Day, and, and Travis. 
So speaking of the wife thing, because we they had the clip, it's you can't really hear the audio of it, but uh, the if, Pro Bowl? if you've seen it by now, Jason Kelsey saying I'm trying not to when asked about retiring. Is that him fighting a battle with his wife who Maybe. wants him to retire? Maybe. I mean, she's probably worried about him I'm physically. I'm not to. I mean, if you watched that Amazon documentary last year, he's limping around yeah. the house. She's probably, you know, and... I think anyone would do that. Like maybe the, you got to think long term about your body. What if you just like talk to my wife? Let her. She, 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 you know, I, I, I have two theories on this. My first theory is he's coming back, and this is just a long play for him to to work it out with the Eagles to figure it out. Get more My second theory is he doesn't want to take the headlines from his brother, that he knows he's going to retire, and the reason he hasn't announced it yet is this is Travis's time. Travis and Taylor Swift, but but Travis's time for another Super Bowl run. And if Kelsey makes the announcement, that becomes one of the biggest stories of Super Bowl week. So that's what I'm... You think he's thinking about, he putting that much thought into it, not trying to overshadow his brother. That's yeah. that's very interesting that you would think that. I mean, I I, I think he would because that's... I mean, that, that, that does the biggest sound like something. Yeah, that sounds like something he would do, but they're, they're already bigger than they... Like that, the podcast that they have, the fact that he's in... They're already blowing up. They're, they're probably making more money off the field than they're making on the field right now. Yeah. To be totally honest. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they're doing quite well for themselves. 215-592-9494. Back to the lines here. David in Westchester. David. Hugh Douglas, Kyle what's, Quinn. What's going on, man? And Joe. I don't, hey, mean, I don't even get the last name. I'm just Joe today. David, you how you feeling? Today. What's up, buddy? Uh, I feel pretty good. Um, I, I'm just wondering why you got to compare to Brock Purdy. Why can't you Comparing to like Matthew Stafford, well, because they're, they're the two quarterbacks playing in the game on Sunday. I mean, if it was Stafford in the game, that would probably be the conversation today. Oh, it's, it's not your bias towards San Francisco. Are you sure? No, it's just because Brock Purdy is in the Super Bowl on Sunday, which is you know that's a pretty good accomplishment, just like Jalen was last year. Okay, second job. Oh, uh, yeah. Here. David always accuses me of being a Niners fan because I had Niners on my fantasy team, the best offense in the league. I, I drafted their players. I mean, that was <laughs> smart. Yeah, you. You are an Irish fan. Um, okay, so let's let's compare the two quarterbacks. Um, the rating for Brock Purdy is 111 for his career. Jalen Hurts is 91, which is close. Um, Purdy passed uh, Hurts this year because of this year um, with the collapse. So that's why uh, Brock Purdy, but they're close. Um, as far as passing goes, um, Purdy has 31 passing touchdowns. Hurts has 23. Now, here's where they differentiate. This is where Jalen Hurts just takes off and goes head and shoulders above Purdy. Purdy has two rushing touchdowns. Hurts has 15. And that was just for this last year. And so what you have is Brock Purdy has the supporting cast, and Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts and Christian McCaffrey. So he's got to do it all, which you know puts him well above Anything that Brock Purdy can do out there on the field. He does have a better supporting cast, but Jalen had a great supporting cast last year. I mean, that was held against him by some people. So I, I see some similarities between that. Uh, well, and I'll throw it out again because I always do. Coaching, you know, it was coaching. You know, coaching killed Jalen, killed the team this year. And with this, we got to believe in this new supporting cast of coaches that come in, you know, that, that Kellen Moore can turn it around, um, you know, without. Nick Sirianni putting his vanilla offense in there, you know, that, that they'll bring something new, they'll keep it fresh, and they'll keep these defenses from knowing what play they're going to call. And, uh, I, and if they do, I think Jalen will get back to a good level. And, and David, man, we appreciate it. Part of why I, I put Jalen closer to Purdy is I think they're both reliant on coaching. I don't think Purdy – if you drop Purdy into the Panthers, I don't think he's leading to the playoffs this year. Yeah. But 
Shanahan's not going anywhere. So, like, I could kind of count on Purdy being pretty good with Shanahan. It feels like Jalen is very dependent on coaching, yeah, just but, like Purdy. Yeah, but like I said, the, the example that I use is, like, outside of the coaching, Jalen has a skill set where on skill set alone, he could say, like, he give you 10 wins this year just off his skill set. Well, I say six because that's how I'm looking at off his skill set this year. That's when you saw him at his best. He looked like a different quarterback, especially off of the year that he had. He was throwing the ball crisp. He was throwing the ball down the field. He was beating double coverage and all that. But as we progressed through the season and coaching started to matter, that's when his his uh, his athleticism was negated yeah. because the coaching was so horrendous. He also played better teams down the stretch. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. too. But and, and and teams that were game planning yeah. for him and taking away taking away some of the stuff that he did well. So, yeah, I mean, that that that's the perfect example right there because it kind of lets you know exactly what we're looking at. I, I the, Here's the way I view Hurts after three years. If he has a good team around him and good coaching and good play calling, he's could be really good, go to a Super Bowl, to come this close to winning a Super Bowl. But if that deteriorates, what do we have here? He was closer to average this season. 215-592-9494. We'll come back and we'll go riding – with the doctor, maybe a dope, Dr. Dope, is that what we're calling him now? we got to talk to Howard about dope. this. Howard's going to be uh, get a doctorate. He's going to give a commencement speech. Look we got him blowing you're up. You're a dope. Yeah, we, okay. Howard is blowing up. After all these years, finally, Howard gets his big break. We'll talk big to Big rear end. Yeah, we'll talk to Howard next. When this hurts uh, at Purdy Mahomes thing by him. His thoughts on going to Brazil and bead surgery. More with Howard coming up. 215-592-9494. And your reaction, the Eagles going to Brazil for week one on the Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. If you're a caregiver in the Philadelphia or Lehigh Valley areas looking after a loved one, reach out to my friends at AmeriBest today. When you call 1-800-HOME-CARE, a live onboarding specialist will assist you in the hiring process. AmeriBest offers daily pay, performance bonuses, reward programs, and more to support their caregivers. As students will be, I believe, in early May, when Howard Eskin gives a commencement speech, which I've already asked if we can get someone at WIP there to record the whole thing. Howard, how you doing today? (laughs) I am just great walking down the aisle. (laughs) It's just, you guys uh, need to be straightened out. So whether it's from a king or it's from a doctor, (laughs) you guys need help, really help. And you, I've got to send you to a psychiatrist because all you think about is money. What are you money, talking money, about? Money, they, they, you know, that money well, makes well, the world go round. Uh, you know, no, no, no. You know what? You can be happy without money. Uh, I, I don't see how. How, <laughs> how. Explain that to me. How am I going to be happy without money? Well, Bills keep coming. People can. <laughs> people can be happy with money without money. I mean, it's just, you know, not without money, but you don't have to get you know, every penny, you know, it's it just like when players sign contracts for hundreds of millions of dollars, that's, you know, they have enough money for the lifetime of the lifetime of the lifetime of the lifetime of their kids. Uh, it, it's just how much is it? When is enough enough? So it's not all about, so you need a psychiatrist. I'm not going to be a doctor, that doctor, <laughs> but uh, I can refer you to one now. 
that uh, come May 3rd, I will be a doctor, so I will be part of that. Look at you can't wait to that day. I, 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 I can't wait to hear it. All right, Howard, we got a lot to address here. And, of course, our big game coverage on 90 for WAP presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. All right, Howard, we'll, we'll get to the Super Bowl stuff and your thought on the game. But, Howard, let's start with Joel Embiid because the surgery went down today. Howard, what's your uh, what's your feeling on what's going to happen here? They said they'll reevaluate in four weeks. Obviously, we don't know right now, but it's either going to be he's going to be out an extended period or he tries to come back. But, Howard, as I'm watching the team, I don't even know if this is going to be worth it. They might fall to the play-in without him over the next two months. Well, I don't believe a lot of what they say. They didn't tell us. They said a lateral left knee lateral. They didn't tell. They knew what it was. I mean, these doctors today, you know, if you see an MRI, you know exactly what it is. So they wouldn't say that until things started to leak out. Uh, You know, the surgery was successful. I haven't heard a doctor that say a surgery was unsuccessful. Uh, So he's out. I talked to a doctor that, that does just those surgeries. He said six to eight weeks, if you're lucky, four to six weeks, but the team, here's the problem. The, the guy that's putting this team together, has put this team together, is an idiot. Because you can't fall apart when you lose just one player. They have not put themselves in a position to have any kind of success with losing one player. That's not the way it should be. You should have built a team without depending on the one player. So Daryl Morey, we know, is a fraud. We know he's an idiot. We know he's never won anywhere. Uh, it, it's just he's, a, he's conned the Sixers into, and he got another three years with an extension. He, number one, let's go back. I said they should have traded him before the season started, and all hell broke loose because you know he always gets hurt. I don't care how he got hurt. He always gets hurt. So you have to start preparing and move on because you're not going to win a championship with Joel Embiid on your team. Now they can't trade him because he's got almost no trade value. So four weeks is the low end. They're going to reevaluate at the end of four weeks. I would say probably closer, closer to six to eight weeks is probably realistic. And then you got to understand when he comes back, what kind of shape is he going to be in? We've seen that uh, story before. So it goes right from the top. They have put themselves in a bad position because they didn't put enough players around him. Daryl Morey, you should walk out and resign because you have done nothing to move this franchise forward into winning a championship. Howard, we and haven't we, agreed much lately, but I think you're right on this one. And, uh, and they should have moved on a while ago. They didn't do it. All right, Howard, we got a lot to cover today. So let's talk about the Brazil thing. Are you ready for a trip to Brazil? What do you think? <laughs> Week one, Friday night, Brazil. We were trying to guess who they might play. We think Green Bay could be the opponent. What, what do you think about going to Brazil, Howard? All right. Um, I'm not excited about it because now they have more home games than uh, more road games than home games last year. Now they have more road games than home games this year. They'll have more road games than home games next year because this, in, for all intents and purposes, is a road game. It sounds great. I didn't realize it was as long a flight. Somebody told me it's about eight hours. Oh, you know? I, I saw 12. You better get ready, Howard. Oh, my gosh. Another <laughs> long flight. This was the toughest schedule this year for the Eagles. 
because of the travel, because they played the NFC West, and then, of course, the time changes and the night games and Monday night and all that kind of nonsense. So it's great, in theory, to play in Brazil, and everybody's all excited. Uh, I, I wish it was a, if it was a road game, I'd say, okay. But now we have nine road games again, uh, and the travel is brutal. And by, here's what I'm thinking on the opponent. You guys are going down the wrong road here, which is not uncommon for you guys to go down the wrong road. <laughs> i got to give fire. you directions all the time. That's why, you know, Goldie Beckham's going to give me a doctorate to try to help in another area. So the reality is I think they will play Carolina or Atlanta <sighs> in Brazil. Well, that's and a win, we, but that's not an exciting matchup. No. no, it doesn't matter. With the NFL, it's the only game on TV. It's Friday night. It will be the opening of the season, and that is the reality of it. Do you think those people in Brazil know that Carolina and Atlanta stink? Uh, do, do you think they have any clue? It's the Eagles, and that's all that matters. And it really would be unfair to take away Pittsburgh, who doesn't come to Philadelphia that often, or Green Bay. It would be unfair to take away those home games from the fans. It's bad enough you're taking away a home game. So that's my guess, because the people in Brazil, they don't know that those Yeah, you're are. right. You, you could be right on this, but usually those opening... Well, I'm w- right the, on most things. Well, sometimes. But the opening week matchups, Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday, they usually try to put together some pretty eye-popping ones for TV. Carolina, <laughs> off of two wins? Yeah, oh, that's bad. Yeah, but all you, need is the one, all you need is one team. I know. That's all you need is one team. And you have the, 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 the cachet... And the marquee value of the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, I'm sure that the people in Brazil will probably stream us to know that if they lose, it's the coach's fault. It's never the players. It's always the coaches. Well, if they so, lose to Carolina, it's, it's every, everybody. They're not going to lose to Carolina. No, I agree with that. Gonna, and they're not going to lose to Atlanta. I mean, I listen to these coaches. And, you know, I, I can't stand the phoniness of new coaches. You know, Dan Quinn, with all his nonsense <laughs> – and then who is the coach of Atlanta? And when asked, Raheem Morris. Raheem, Raheem. Raheem Morris. Okay, Raheem Morris, I guess at his news conference, he asked about winning uh, a championship. And for us, he says, why not? Well, you don't have a quarterback. I mean, it, it, this nonsense that these that they, they throw out all this garbage. Uh, and Dan Quinn, to say the, the Washington, whatever their name's going to be, uh, is in position to win right now. I mean, it, it, it's I, I can't stand it when, when guys give just complete nonsense and BS when they do those news conferences. Dan Quinn, you were the fifth choice of that team. They didn't even want you, brother. So, <laughs> And you're going to give all this garbage yeah, and really, nonsense. Yeah, really that is the truth. Cool. All right, Howard, let's talk about teams that can win a championship. Someone will on Sunday. 49ers and the Chiefs. Howard, as, as you sit here on Tuesday – What's your gut on the game? And everyone seems to be on the Chiefs. And I understand why Andy and Mahomes, it's a, you know, they're a great team. But they are underdogs. They're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. And that line has moved back towards the 49ers. What do you think about this game Sunday, Howard? All right, and here's what's, what's confused. Well, I'm a little uh, confused. But you got to under, understand, it wouldn't be called gambling if it wasn't gambling. Kansas City has the best coach, okay, in the game. They have the best quarterback in the game. Why are they the underdog? Why are they the underdog? San Francisco, 
really kind of struggled in both games to get to the Super Bowl. I, uh, I don't understand why San Francisco is the favorite. It's driving me crazy. Sometimes the line tells me something. Now, I know it's only two, and we'll see if it gets to a pick. And I don't think it's going to go to a pick by Sunday. We'll see where the, the, sharp, the sharp money comes in. But that's what's got me confused. I'm not sure yet. I, believe it or not, I'm leaning towards San Francisco because everybody likes Kansas City, yet the line's not coming down. So if everybody likes Kansas City, somebody's betting San Francisco, too. Uh, and I think it's the sharp money that's keeping that line. It went down to one, and then it went back up to two. Yeah, you're right. Like, why? 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 I, I just, that's what's got me crazy. So I'm not sure yet, but I want to see what the line does. But I'm leaning towards San Francisco, although obviously I'd like to see Kansas City win because I think Andy Ring and Kyle Shanahan, I think, is an overrated head coach. Good but overrated. Hmm. Uh, so I'd like to see Andy Rins uh, so we don't have to listen to this, all this Kyle Shanahan uh, love that, that we're going to get. Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy. I mean, he's done a nice job, but their defense wins games. But Kansas City's defense is pretty good. It is very I'm good. Just leaning, I'm leaning, leaning toward San Francisco. By the way, there's one thing that I want to tell you guys. Mm-hmm. you got to stop with – Jalen Hurts is probably going to get it's surgery or procedure or whatever you want to call it. With Joel Embiid, they called it a procedure. That was surgery. Uh, but I, I talked to people, and there was no nothing, nothing. So just the bone bruise, but not no that surgery. They, that, that they were going to uh, have him have any kind of surgery. Okay, well that's I mean yeah. that's good. I mean long long term that now, is so good. What what happened to him? He had a bone bruise. It's not an internal bone bruise. Is not an internal thing. So that doesn't require surgery. Maybe he just got slower. I just I, he did Over get slower. Well, yeah, so hold on, Howard. With that, you know, if you add up his carries, like him rushing the ball, I know we debated this last summer, but if you go back to Alabama, Oklahoma, the Eagles, he's run the ball over eleven hundred times since the start of college. There is a chance he just lost a step. It happens to running backs all the yeah, time. I know, I, and you know, I, you know, a couple of people said it to me from the team and said, "Well, he just got slower." I said. You know, I, you don't think that's going to happen, but maybe it does. And maybe it's a good thing. He's just going to have to learn better ways to be a pocket passer, which is the way you win. He can scramble out of trouble, but running should not is not the way that you win. It shouldn't be I his mean, priority. Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't be his priority. Lamar Jackson, I think, really improved this year, but you can't be a running quarterback. And, and I mean, obviously they got shut down. Uh, by Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is not a running quarterback. He's a quarterback that buys time Mm -hmm. because of his legs. But he's a quarterback, and he knows what he's doing. And you look at his rushes. He doesn't have that many rushes. Yeah, no, and he's he's the best. All right, Howard, let's end with – No surgery. Okay, that's good. All right, Howard, let's end with this. A couple days ago, Bob Nightingale, USA Today, threw out the two names for the Phillies, Bellinger, Montgomery. Howard, do you think there's a chance they get in on either? And if so, which one you think would be more likely? Cody Bellinger, a bat, or Jordan Montgomery, a starting pitcher? Now, does Scott Boris represent both of them? I think he represents Montgomery, right? I know he yeah, represents Bellinger. Bellinger. I'll look on Montgomery, but definitely okay. Bellinger. Well, it depends on what Bryce Harper wants. Because Bryce Harper wants somebody, and that's his agent. So Bryce Harper will tell him to work with the team to bring him to the Phillies. I think they're so. They're both get... Montgomery. But, uh, they're both uh, Boris, by the way. There you go. There you go. I, one of them's coming, no question, because the general manager Bryce Harper wants them to come. 
So that will that will be taken care of. I think they're going to get a pitcher. I think Montgomery. I think they'll they'll go after Montgomery more than Bellinger, uh, because you could probably it's probably easier I think to find a bat during the season mm-hmm. uh, if you have to trade for one. But I they know they need a starting pitcher, so I, I think it's more likely. And I've been saying all along, Dave Dombrowski is a pretty sharp guy. He knows what he's got to do. But you remember, patience is a virtue. And they waited on Bryce Harper. Now they still paid probably, I don't know if they paid too much money. They paid more than they wanted to pay. But you're going to pay, you're not going to pay what he wants. I mean, they got, uh, who was that stiff pitcher they got uh, uh, that was a, uh, only signed for $75 million? Why do I Oh, Taiwan oh. Walker, Taiwan. No, no, the guy but years ago. Oh, Jake Arrieta. Uh, Jake Arrieta. Okay. He, and he was a stiff here. Yeah, he uh, was. Okay, oh. so they waited until <laughs> they waited until late. I mean, uh, Boris wanted two hundred million. He got seventy five from the Phillies. So he's going to have to wait. If nobody's going to pay it, then he'll have to come down. I think absolutely positive. I always thought they were going to get a starter, and I think Montgomery is a better shot than Bellinger. I don't think they can go after both of them. Because you got to save some of that for something that you might need uh, during the season. And Bellinger is back and forth. You watch his career, and is he hurt? Is he not hurt? But I, I, Montgomery, they need a starting pitcher, and I think I think they're more likely to get him. And I I absolutely believe before the season starts they will have another starting pitcher on this team. All right, sure. that sounds good, Howard. We appreciate you hopping on. Enjoy the rest of Super Bowl week, and uh, we'll talk soon, Howard. Uh, you know what? I can't wait to help you guys again anytime you need appreciate it. it. We'll, see if, appreciate we, all we'll see if we agree as much hey, next hey, time. Hey, hey you, yes. you. I'm going to bring you a dollar bill <laughs> and just, just live on that for a day, okay? <laughs> I appreciate it. All the money I can get. Everything I can get. Uh, there he goes. Howard Essen getting ready for a trip to Brazil. Thank you, Howard. There he goes. Of course, let's not forget the Super Bowl, the big game. It's this weekend. And make your game day epic with a hoagie tray from Primo Hoagies. Your guests will thank you. Order online at primohoagies.com. Order now for this weekend's big game at primohogies.com. It's not just a hoagie. It's a Primo. Primo has brought us some hoagies today, which are incredible, as always. Always tasty hoagies, man. Always, and they're girthy. They're like, they're like thick, thick hoagies. You? I'm just saying, man. I'm just describing a hoagie. He's, just, being, he's being descriptive for the yeah, audience. Yeah, that's yeah, all. I'm, just, I'm just saying. Um, good hoagies, man. Are we going to make Howard walk to Brazil like we did to Tampa? Because um, he, oh, he could. I mean, he could just like, you guys get across the Panama Canal. Yeah, I was going to say, body it's, of water. Not, it's not the nice, easiest nice, walk, but yeah. Nice, Howard nice can do it. Walk. So this was during the pandemic, right? Howard yep. walked to Tampa. Tampa. Seriously? Well, it the, the, Super Bowl. the equivalent. Okay. So he he was in this, he was in a phase where he was walking a lot. Because, uh-huh. you know, we, we couldn't do anything. But, yeah. you, could, you know, walking was obviously That's how he got all slim and trim. That is how he got slim and trim. And so he walked the equivalent of the miles to get to Tampa. Okay. He also had like a mountain man beard. At that yeah, time. it was a wild Remember time for, for Howard. It was nuts. Yeah, so yeah, I like that. We make him walk. How many miles make to, him Brazil? Walk to Brazil? Uh, he better, oh, to check, he better get walking now. To, to All right, a couple big way. things from Howard there. He, first of all, he thinks that the MB thing, that we may not be getting all the information on how long he's out. He's mm-hmm. skeptical of the Sixers, which I think is a pretty fair way to approach things. Skeptical of the Sixers telling the truth. The other thing he seems to think that Jordan Montgomery's really in play for the Phillies, that they're going to get a pitcher before the season. That's exciting. Yeah, that's another move that they're potentially going to make. I thought it would be a bat, though. I thought it would. But you wanted you know, the pitcher I, I, yesterday. Yeah, I did want a pitcher yesterday because, you know, you can never have enough pitching. Got that from uh, Ruben Amar Jr. That's what the one thing that I, I vividly remember him saying. But, you know, you're talking about a, another bat. That's important. I, I think I thought it was going to be another bat. 
It still could. I mean, look, Bellinger's out there. We had uh, Nightingale on yesterday said Bellinger and or Montgomery, but Howard's pretty strong on the pitcher thing, specifically Montgomery. He doesn't come with a draft pick attachment because he was traded last year. Uh, here's the where I'm at with them. They need one more good player, like and another impact player to keep up with the Braves. Well, I'll take Montgomery. I'll take Bellinger. Just or, give me another good player. Or they need Johan Rojas to kind of come along and with the bat a little bit. Yeah. Not, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> they need to come along with that bat a little bit. I think we've established something on the show over the last year that Hugh has a, a long, like wants to give like a rope and hope for young players. I do, and I I don't I have do. I don't have because the unless they have real like real pedigree, I'm like ah. And you know what? To be totally honest, you are like most GMs in every professional sport. Like if they don't show you anything, like they used to say, if they don't, the puppies don't bite when they're little. They're probably not going to bite when they get older. So it depends on their pedigree. Like if Johan Roas was a top prospect, supposed to be great. He was I would, supposed to be. Not great. No, it, no, you know what I'm thinking about Pache. Pache was supposed to be there. Yeah, and he yeah. can't hit. Yeah, that basically the same thing. They're both basically, basically right. the same thing. I, I just like I'll, And the other part of it, too, is the Phillies are in a window to win now. Do I want to give a job at center field to a young player? But we'll see. We'll see. Montgomery certainly is a, a big name. Do we have Miles on uh, Howard's walk to Brazil? Yeah, so if he wants to go, if he's going to walk to Sao Paulo, he – Probably should have started like a week ago. How far are we? Uh, so the Philly to Tampa is one thousand forty-two miles. Okay. Philly to Sao Paulo is forty-seven hundred fifty-six. So about four times, more than four times the That's amount. A, that sounds like a nice brisk walk. Sounds like something Howard can do. Yeah, I just wonder, like, what, what's an average day? Average person walks ten to fifteen thousand. If you if you push it, you go for walks. Yeah, not me. Steps. No, no I, I said the average. Person. I'm bringing that average down. Yeah. You ever look at your phone? Your phone tells you how many steps you move a day. It you ever does. Look at that? Yeah. I didn't know that. If you go to the health app, it tells you how many steps you've What moved. are you on today, Hugh? Check. Uh, I know I didn't I didn't get a chance to do it this morning, but I'm like I can check yesterday's uh steps. Yeah, like, here's mine. Like today I've walked five thousand oh. steps. See okay. Yesterday I, I was at seven, Saturday Saturday was at thirteen thousand. Like what that well, that's what do you got at today? At, at today I was like at a thousand steps. Thousand steps. See what, what was that yesterday? Yesterday I was at nine thousand seven hundred forty. Uh-huh. That's pretty good. Yeah. Hugh Douglas is up and running. He's running. He's five, moving. Five point three miles. I like it. John in Cherry Hill wants to chime in on the Brazil thing. And, of course, Purdy, Mahomes, where is Jalen going to land closer? Hey, John. What's going on, guys? What's up, What's buddy? Up, uh, I think this Brazil idea is the dumbest idea Goodell has come up with in a long time. How come? For, well, I'll give you uh, – for personal examples, I have a friend that lives, lives in Brazil currently. Okay. One, it's the most dangerous country in the world. But logistically, traffic is so bad that they actually – it's a law that they can tell you when to drive per your license plate. Wow. So, so it's that crowded like, with cars. It's like there's no space to move. Right. So I'll give you an example. Uh, she drives her son to school, which is two miles from their house. It takes her an hour and a half to drive two miles. What? Wait a minute. What? Because Brazil traffic is so horrendous between the scooters and, and the smaller trucks and everything else. It's that bad that they have to have certain days that, that they can drive their own cars. Otherwise... They have to take like so, an Uber or, or whatever. So basically what you're saying is that for the fan base and the people that are going, like excited about going, it's, it's going to be a nightmare because of of trying to move around in the city. Yeah, or you better stay in a hotel and, right by the stadium. Yeah, or you're going to well, get robbed. So, so that stadium, um, I actually watched a, like, a Mega Builders thing about that stadium. It's mm-hmm. a fantastic stadium. I mean, it's gorgeous, the state-of-the-art stuff. There are a lot of hotels around it because of that very logistic reason. But, yeah, it's it's – Logistically, it's it's a nightmare. Um, along with the fact that it's a very violent, uh, you know, country in itself. But 
Yeah, logistically, it's 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 crazy. Like I said, that you you're only allowed to drive on certain days per your license plate. Got it. So you're 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 more of the safety and logistics than it robs the Eagles of a home game type of thing. Yeah, and I think the logistics part comes in because I'm a truck driver, so I always think that. Like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and and look, that plays into where you go if you're going to travel for a game. John, where are you on the Mahomes Purdy Hurts thing? Where's he going to land closer to? I, I I think Mahomes and and hear me out for several different factors. Last year, or Super Bowl year, I should say, he, he proved himself that he's a, a versatile quarterback. He can make things happen when they're not there. This year, he was troubled with the knee, whatever was going on with that. He had his best friend as his coordinator. When you all know if you work with your best friend, you're going to let shit slide. Sorry about that. You're going to let stuff slide. And, you know, you're not going to let things, you know, develop the way they're supposed to. It does change things. And that's one thing that we noticed over the year. And that's probably why Brian Johnson had to be out. And we appreciate the phone call there. And look, yes, the coaching stuff is part of it. But I look at Mahomes and I'm like, I don't think it matters. Andy obviously elevates him, but I think he'd be great anywhere. I look at Purdy, I say coaching team around him really factors in. I think that about hurts. 215-592-9494. Right back to the phone lines after break. Jalen Hurts' ceiling. Closer to Brock Purdy or Patrick Mahomes. And we're going to connect some dots here with a new Eagle hire on the defensive side and what player could be and should be on their way here this offseason. That's next. 215-592-9494 for Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Football fans, FanDuel, in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, has the perfect way for everyone to get in on Super Bowl 58 action with a no-sweat same-game parlay. But when you bet on Super Bowl 58 on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. America's number one sports bet has all your favorite bets, like the money line and the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. For one I like for Sunday is I'll take the San Francisco running back two touchdowns in the game. That means you can combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday. You'll get bonus bets back if your same game parlay doesn't win. No starting, no so to start building your own or just bet a popular same game parlay already built for you in America's number one sportsbook. I really like the FanDuel app. Visit FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 94WIP. First and 10. Hertz lines them up again. He's at the 35. He fakes. He rolls. He looks. He is going deep. And it is caught. And it is a touchdown to Vontae Smith. He took it. He took it away from the Broncos. 36 yard pass. Is this Hugh's song? Money, money, money? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, that's the OJs. That's where they're from. Ohio. A lot of people from Ohio. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Carter. <laughs> Just to everyone from Ohio, boom. Uh, but look, a couple things from that that we played Jim with. That was a couple years ago, right? 2021 November game, Eagles at Broncos. At that point, probably the beginning of the turnaround for that season. And the certainly Jalen Hurts, the way he played. That touchdown throw from Hurts to Devontae Smith over Patrick Sertain, a cornerback for the Broncos that has been excellent in his young career, as Devontae has in his young career. But Hugh, as we play that in, my wheel, the wheels in my head are starting to spin here. As they always do. A little game you're of a co- smart man. You always like to think about different stuff. Connect the dots is being played here. Yeah. here. All right, so I'm, I'm connected some dots. You see who the Eagles hired yesterday to be their D-backs coach? Yes. Christian Parker. 
He's from the Denver Broncos. We know their defensive coordinator now is Vic Fangio, who was the Denver Broncos head coach when they drafted Pat Sertain in 2021. During the season, there was a rumor the Niners and Eagles tried to trade for Patrick Sertain during the season. Now, obviously, Denver didn't trade him. Nothing happened. But the Eagles had interest. If you remember back to that draft, when the Eagles drafted Devontae Smith, from my memory, Kyle, the lead-up to that 2021 draft was either corner or receiver. The two corners were J.C. Horn, Sertain, and the receivers were uh, Chase, Waddle, and Devontae. Like, they were going to come out of that with one of those kind of guys. Yes. And and they got Devontae. Because we'd been through years of, we can't draft corner, and we can't draft wide receivers, and that's why they ended up trading for Darius Slay. Yes, they did. And I believe Sertain went a pick or two before the Eagles. So who knows? Maybe they would have drafted him then if he was on the board as well. I say this all because we know the Eagles need to fix their defense. Yes. And obviously Jack brought up the idea last week about A.J. Brown for Sertain. But that aside, I think Patrick Sertain should be the Eagles' number one priority this offseason. They got to go get this guy. If the Broncos are willing to deal him, and I think they might be because they're still in a rebuild. And who knows? Maybe they want picks to go up and get a quarterback in this draft. He, Pat Sertain is 23 years old. Yeah, He's already guy. been at two Pro Bowls. I consider him a top five corner moving forward in the NFL. I, this feels like something Howie should be in on. If he's available, you, you tell me anyone in the NFL that's moderately attainable this offseason, he's the guy I want. I want Pat Sertain on the Eagles. You know what, and I, I understand why, because he's one heck of a player. But this, here's the dilemma. The Eagles are going to have to pay Pat Sertain if they trade for him because you don't want a guy like that of that caliber to get away from you. You still got to pay the Slim Reaper at some point. I think what Howie needs to do in this situation is learn how to develop the players that you've already drafted. I understand, like, we've done a tremendous job, and Howie's done a tremendous job of being two times that dude by fleecing other teams. So much so that I think it was uh, Howie Long on one of the sports shows one time said that if Howie calls my phone, I'm I'm not going to pick up the phone because he's going to try to fleece you. Mm -hmm. We need to do a better job of, of drafting players and, and instead of hiring all these mercenaries because at some point it's going to catch up with us. I mean, and that's the bottom line because you're already talking about, Joe, you just said you paid $250 million to the quarterback yep. and we got all the resources allocated to the offensive side of the ball. Now you want to turn around and go out and pay a corner. I mean, a, a good corner, no question about it. And we have some young corners that if we do our job and we develop these young guys – we could probably have some decent players. Not saying that they might be Patrick Sertain's level, but you have to do a better job of of cultivating the the flowers that you already have to use of Coach Sirianni's analogy. I like that. To cultivate our own flowers for once. So while I agree with you that they're going to have to do more of this, right? The more highly priced players you have, the less you have to have more to go along with them. Young, cheap players. It's just part of the – especially when you pay your quarterback. It's yeah. just the reality of the NFL. But I'll tell you one position I don't know if they could do it with. Corner. Corner, yeah. They don't develop corners here. Matt Maddox is a success story, but unfortunately he's always hurt. But I, outside corners, they haven't drafted and developed good outside corners since Lido yeah. and Sheldon. It's been a long time. A long man. time. A long time. But this is where it's important to get a good foundation and start to do that. Because at some point, fleecing all these teams for their good players is going to catch up with you. And I understand that you know a lot of teams do it hell. I'm the product of, of being here from being fleeced from another team. Yeah, you could – the new – I like that. Hugh Douglas and Pat Sertain. We brought you here, and look what happened. <laughs> uh, Pat Sertain could be an Eagles Hall no, of Famer. No, but what I'm, what I'm saying is this, Joe. At, at, as much money as we've doled out, and when we look at this defense and we try to fix this defense, 
I understand it's easy. The easy route to go is to go out and pick somebody else's players mm-hmm. that are already established. We need to do a better job of 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 drafting and pick and developing the players that we get under contract so that we won't have to be in a situation like this all the time. Uh, that would be great. Then how about doing it with one corner? How about, I, what, if, what if I get Pat Sertain and then Hugh, I say um, to Vic Fangio and Christian Parker, the new def- you know, D-backs coach, just get make one of these other guys good. They'll be the other corner. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and, and that's a great idea. But, again, you're going to have to allocate a lot of resources for Pat Sertain to be here to even make it worth your while. And you still have to pay the Slim Reaper. So now you're going to be, with that being said, you're going to be deficient in other areas. And you're, you're going to be forced, I think, to pay these young guys or play these young guys. Like, you, it, it's one of those things where we need to do a better job, in my opinion. We need to do a better job of developing the players that we draft and putting them in position to be successful. I, well, that, that, at some point, there's no way to get around that. They have to develop and get more guys in. I just wonder, like, let's just, they have the 22nd pick in the draft. What do you trust more, Howie, to pick a corner that could really play a 22 or just trade it for Pat Sertain? If I had to pick one I mean, of those. with the track record being what it is. I'd pick I mean, Sertain. It's, yeah, it's, it's easier to do that. But, but he's more talking, expensive. I get it. Yeah, but now we're talking about not having any control. Because you know what? Where I feel the Jets have benefited tremendously when, they, when you look at their young defense. More for the most part, I think because they just paid Quentin Williams last year. Sauce is still under control for a while. Like you have a bunch of guys on that defense that played well that are still in the contract. Mm-hmm. And I just heard the other day that uh, what's the receiver that's going to try to go for in free agency from Cincinnati? They're gonna, uh, it would be T. Higgins? T. Higgins, yeah, Tyler that's right. Boyd, oh. Yeah, T. Boyd, Higgins. Higgins. It's T. Higgins. They're going to try to go for T. Higgins, man. And I, and I remember laughing at that because I was like, wow, you need a quarterback, but you're going to go out and get a receiver. Well, they have Rodgers. Yeah, uh, I forgot about Rodgers. Yeah. That's the thing. I wish okay. I could forget about Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's the point. Like, you got to do a good job of, of drafting the corners. You have to do a good job of drafting players that are going to put you in position now if you want to go out and you want to get one key piece that's going to help get you over the top. You can do things like that. But if you're just building your team with other people's people, then I don't think that's a great way to sustain what you're trying to accomplish. It here. makes it harder with a more expensive quarterback, that's for sure. I, I look at it like this. I think the Eagles are going to make a big move this offseason. I don't know what position it is yet, where they're going to go, but it, they rarely don't, especially after a disappointing year. Someone's going to come here for big money, whether it be free agency or they're going to trade and then sign a player. And I want Sertain to be that guy. Kyle, independent of our big debate last yes. week on WIP about A.J. Brown, your thoughts on Sertain being a, a guy they go after this so offseason? I, I, I do pretty much whatever it takes besides you know trading A.J. Brown for Patrick Sertain. If they want to give up a first-round pick, I'd, I'd do that for, for Sertain. I'm thinking of this still as though we're in a window to win the Super Bowl, and I don't know what I'm going to do with a first-round pick. I do know what I could do with Patrick Sertain. Um, I would not do it at the expense of one of our wide receivers, whether that be AJ or probably the, the more likely trade candidate, as much as it pains me to say it, is the guy that's not paid big money contracts. Same yet. draft class. And that's Devontae Smith, yeah. who, who we just heard uh, Moss, Patrick Sertain, when they went one-on-one in 2021. I just think Niners, or sorry, wide receivers, more impactful. Just follow the money. Top receivers make more money than top corners. But if the Eagles can find a way to get Patrick's retained here for a first, maybe a first and like a second or something. That might be a little steep, but I'd be exploring that in a heartbeat. I, th- I think they need a young star on defense. They don't have – now Jalen Carter is probably becoming one. He just, you know, he hit a little wall at the end of the season. But they need a young star in the back of the defense, the secondary. And, look, do I think Keely Ringo, Hughes guy, could be a good player? I do. I mean, I think he's got a shot. But yeah. I need I need a star. 
I need a yeah, star back there. And I think you need to do a better job of developing stars. I mean, like, like it's it's very few guys. And, and I know I used uh, Sauce Gardner as an example. Very few guys come out the box that are like that. I mean, it is. I get that. Yeah, like Jalen Ramsey five yeah, years ago. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very few it's guys that are like that. I, I mean, I understand that. But we have to do a better job, especially now. Because when you talk about fundamentals, the, the thing that jumped out to me last year talking about this squad and watching this squad play was the fundamentals on the defensive side of the ball from linebacker play to I even go with the veteran corner play and the way that they play. Yeah, they're bad. It was, it was not there. It was not there. And, and that says a lot coming from a guy who never played corner. So here's my fear about going your route. It could work, right? And if it works, they're going to have extra money to spend. It's like it's a more sound fit way to do it. But what if they don't develop? Like it could ruin next season. Yeah, it could. But that's where you have to, your scouting department has, has to go out and get people that your defense philosophy fit. And every now and then, guys don't fit. But when you have sound coaching and things of that nature, you can get guys that if they fit your, like your basic philosophy, they can go out there and they can be real sure. serviceable. Well, here's yeah. how I know certain fits. Fangio drafted him. Yeah, yeah. So if, here's what I want out of Vic Fangio for the next month and a half. He's just got to like text Howie every day, certain. And just every day, even if he doesn't respond, certain. Certain. And make the money fit. Just certain. But certain gonna get paid. Then which how you gonna pay the, how you gonna pay skinny Batman? I'm not worried about that. See that see <laughs> Well, okay. So one more thing. And then, then no, hold on. We'll get back to the phones here and all this. I, and I'm, I'm curious if you guys want certain as much as I do. And we'll get to the uh, the Purdy and Mahomes and Jalen conversation. Back to that. So at some point they're not gonna have to pay as many offensive linemen. Like Jason Kelsey, I don't know, is he in, is he out? But that's fourteen million that could be off the books. They're not gonna pay a center fourteen million. Probably ever again here in Philadelphia. Like Jason Kelsey's a rare player, so you could be cheaper on the offensive line, and that's how you make up your money to pay Sertain and pay Devontae. Well, I think to be honest, and this is no disrespect to any of the guys that I I have a tremendous amount of respect for, but I think this is a situation where you have to seriously think on think about moving on from Fletcher Cox to totally. Brandon Graham. But but Jason Steele is one of the best at his position. Yes, he gonna he gonna. Probably. But he's not gonna be here forever. No, I'm but just he's saying. Be, like if I'm I'm thinking about next year's moves. I'm thinking about strictly okay. next year's. So moves. you want to say how am I gonna pay everyone? Fletcher, wonderful career. I'm not paying a ten million dollars for a ta- yeah, defensive that, that's, tackle. That's gonna be tough. And like I said, no disrespect because I like both of those guys and we play the same position. And I, I know, but this is the nature of the beast. We're trying to win. We're trying to win, and we we've been dancing with the devil as far as. The, the salary cap situation is going, and we just paid our quarterback a whole lot of money. The two things that I feel that we need to do, we need to go out. If, if I'm going to spend money on a marquee player like that, I would probably go get a middle linebacker. And, I, and I'm just saying that. I don't know who's available. I'm just talking. Well, Patrick Queen's available. For yeah, yeah, I'm just talking. I'm talking. I would go out. If, if I'm spending my money, I need to get me a marquee linebacker right now. If, if that's what I'm going to do. If I'm not going to draft one, I'm going to go out and get one. I'm going to try to develop as many young players I, as I, I can. I'm going to draft young, and I'm gonna, there's going to be quite a few of those young players that are probably going to play if it's my defense. Yeah, so that's where we differ a little bit because I, I need a little more certainty, and I know Sertain's great. 215-592-9494. Pat Sertain, I think there's a lot of breadcrumbs here from Fangio. They just hired his D-backs coach. Eagles were rumored to be in on the mix with him during the season. I think the Broncos probably would take picks back because 
I think they might move up for a quarterback in this draft, still rebuilding. He's my number one offseason target here uh, to go get for the Eagles. And, of course, we open the show today, Jalen Hurts, his ceiling, when you think forward here, is it closer to Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy? I think it's closer to Brock Purdy. 215-592-9494. Hugh's got the Mahomes side, and Kyle thinks Purdy's a backup in five years. So we are uh, a house divided today. Aaron is in Mount Airy on WIP. Hey, Aaron. Yo, what's up, fellas? What's up, what's Aaron? Up, How you doing? Pretty good. Yo, Joe, mm-hmm. um, I saw I, I heard that that um that like twenty minute snippet. Were you driving when you when you made that yesterday? Uh my podcast? Yeah. Uh no, I was in the studio yesterday. I, I did it okay. on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Sound okay. was this a little off. Well, I appreciate you listening. Yeah. yeah. We'll get we'll get the uh, sound he... fixed up, Aaron. I appreciate you. Oh all, all good. No, it's all good. I don't um, give a shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh you you my home, so I gotta let you know. You gotta do your Googles. On the women in Brazil, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just put this out there. They now always women, but we gonna move. No, on. no, I like, like I, I know, I know, what you, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful, Brazil. But if most cats but, um, that's going, they don't, they don't really care. I'm looking at the threesome. <laughs> that means that's um, they don't care. Like this is this this is how I feel about Jim Hurts. Like I, I've always heard he's a winner, right? Where has he won? Like he, I don't believe he. I don't know if he won the high school championship. We know he didn't win the national title game. Two, he was on the field when they won that game. He didn't win that Oklahoma. So we can say he has winning attributes, but he has not won. So I, like, what separated Pat Mahomes from all the other Texas Tech quarterbacks? Because they all put up numbers. B.J. Simmons. Uh, Cliff, Hodge, Cliff Kingsbury like, back in the day. King, Kings, yeah. Who, who started? Yeah, he started yep. all. But, like, they all put up big numbers. It never was in the Heisman Trophy races neither with Pat Mahomes. But the only thing that separated them was Pat Mahomes' athletic ability. I remember when he had, like, that 40-yard run against Tulane. He showed what no other Texas Tech quarterback showed, that athletic ability. And then Andy Reid, he just turned him into a monster. I believe that's all Andy Reid's doing. He had, the, he had the physical attributes, athletic ability, the arm, and he has the genetics because of that. But Andy Reid turned that guy into a monster. Because even in the second year, he said, I don't know how to read defenses. He said that. Like, I, 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 I'm not reducing. That's all Andy Reid's doing. Which is, so pre- Aaron, pre- which is pretty amazing because he threw 50 touchdowns his first year and didn't really know what he was seeing out there. It's crazy. Yep. Same thing with Brett Favre. It's all about arm count. Like, and, like, um, so now he's gotten all that knowledge from Andy Reid. He, he can go anywhere and turn any franchise around. Coming into the NFL, he probably would have been stunted if he went to, like, the Jaguars mm-hmm. or the Jets. But with Andy Reid, and, like, with Purdy and with – Hurts. Everything gotta be perfect around them. Let's just keep it real. It gotta be perfect around them. They can't. You can't have a slip off in talent. You can't have a slip off in coaching. Because we all believe it was a little bit of Jalen Hurts slipping last year, and a lot of the coaching. Like I believe right now, Pat Mahomes can. Well, he would never have a slipping of coaching because Andy Reid's there. But let's just say Andy Reid's gone. I think he may come back a little bit. But then, like he's still Pat Mahomes. He will find his way. I don't see that with Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. Yeah, Aaron, I, 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 you I and I go. see this similar. See, I, yeah. I don't, see, but I don't, I don't know if they can elevate franchises. But see, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand what you're saying, Aaron. So this is the question I'm going to ask you. When you look at Jalen Hurts' skill set, is it closer it's to – wait, wait a minute, let me, let, me, let me finish. Is it closer to Brock Purdy's skill set or is it closer to Patrick Mahomes' skill set? Brock the, Purdy. Because I, I, I didn't think Jalen Hurts was that athletic. And, I, and he's still – and he's not really – He's not I that athletic. I believe Pat Mahomes is more athletic than him. I truly believe that. Okay, so what has Patrick Mahomes done to make you think that he's more athletic than Jalen Hurts? Because we just sat here and established that he's not a running quarterback. Yeah, he gets every third and 20 known to man. Every Monday game against the Titans, they couldn't tackle. But wait a minute. But wait a minute. Like, you're arguing against yourself because 
Jalen Hurts is known as the most athletic quarterback, right? Like an athletic quarterback. Nah. Well, that's what he's labeled as. Let's be real, because like, we, we okay. We, we wait a minute. All right, so, he, so there's a couple things here. Aaron, I think it's interesting what Aaron's bringing to the table. Um, and Aaron, we appreciate it, man. It's a good phone call. <laughs> I I do think when Jalen came into the league, he, he was a super athletic quarterback. Yes. I don't know if he is anymore. Okay, well that that's that, well, that, but, that's but his still ceiling. Th- that's debatable. Yeah, but that's debatable. He ran for three point nine yards a carry, and, and this year, this year he, he couldn't get away. He couldn't get away. That's debatable. But to sit here and say that Jalen Hurts is not more athletic than Brock Purdy, that's that's not the case. He's more he's closer to Patrick Mahomes as far as athletic ability is concerned than Brock Purdy. Sure, I, so, oh, I think so. I agree on that. So so what he, he was trying to argue was making my point. Andy Reid made him a better quarterback so, because he taught him. I agree with that. But I think what Aaron was saying there, and I agree with this, is now Mahomes is special. Like, I don't think he needs because Reid. He, he, because he's learned from Andy. Yes. That's the, I, teacher, the, the, the student has surpassed the teacher. So yeah, I agree. But I don't see that special with Jalen. Not that special. This, this, is, this is why I feel like you're wrong is because the one thing that was told to me about Jalen when I first got here, and I beat the drum about it from day one before he got his money, was how he was always willing to learn and, and become a better quarterback. And at some points during last season, it showed. It showed that. But just your eyes. What is special about his game? Because this year his running fell off. It's not special anymore. He's strong. He's physical. But he's not a special runner right now. Lamar is a special runner. Fields is a more special runner. As his arm, he has a good arm. I like Jalen's arm. It's not like it's not Matthew Stafford or Patrick Mahomes. To answer your question, Joe, what made him special initially? I thought it was his leadership. I'm with you on that. Initially, I thought it was his leadership. But with now you're asking me the question, that's even called into question with the way that this season has been handled. I just no, look, physically I think Jalen's above Purdy. I'm not saying they're on the same level, mm-hmm. but I think he's closer to Purdy in that good arm, accurate, accurate, like stand in the pocket, he'll make throws. I, I like Mahomes is on a such a different level. Oh, he's different. Not, no no question. And that's about why it. I think he's closer to the Purdy. Like you put a lot around him, good coaching, you you win a lot with Jalen Hurts. No, I mean I hear what you're saying, but I still think I think that again. When you talk about the skill set and everything else, all the intangibles that he brings to the table, to me, he's closer to Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid is the one that put him over the top. So one thing, and and I don't know, I can't wait for next year to find this out. Howard said something really interesting to us during that interview. It had nothing to do with Jordan Montgomery or Brazil or whatever the nonsense Howard was saying about it, you know, being a getting a doctorate. How about when Howard said people around the Eagles just have wondered if Jalen Hurts just got slower? He, if he doesn't need knee surgery, why did he get slower? Yeah, that that blows my mind. Uh, well, it cha- it, it changes his career. It, well, certainly, the next few years, if he's not the same kind of athlete. I, I just want to throw this in because uh, the debate about talent level, where he's, who he's closer to, and I know this isn't the end all be all, but we do have a metric that we can look at that tells you pretty much what these guys were thought of. Their draft picks going guys. into yeah, like he was drafted a lot closer to Patrick Mahomes than he was Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a good reason for that. Now, obviously, you go back. Mahomes is the number one pick in that draft. Brock Purdy's not going last in the draft. Like, this and that. But They're all first-round picks. But you have a, a clear blanket of how these guys viewed their their talent level, their skill level heading into the NFL. They thought Hurts was a lot more talented than Brock Purdy. I think that still kind of holds up. It 
probably does, unless Hertz is physically not the same guy for whatever reason, whether he was banged up, bone bruised, or whatever's going on here. 215 592 9494. We'll get to everyone's phone calls on all this. Your thoughts and reaction of the Eagles starting the year in Brazil. Purdy Mahomes, where does Jalen's ceiling fall closer to here? And do you want Pat Sertain? He's my number one guy this offseason for the Eagles to go get. 215 592 9494. Joining us next live from Radio Row in Vegas. Our guy, Ross Tucker, will get his Super Bowl pick and his thoughts on what we're debating here. All up next, Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem? Call a 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions. You'll never find another like me. You're there, you're late. Got nothing in my brain. So you, you about to drive a wedge between me and Ross. Little curveball there. That's his favorite favorite artist. <laughs> well, well we were coming in there with a, the real Taylor, and then you ruined it, you. I mean, you ruined it. <laughs> you're about to drive a wedge between me and this man. <laughs> now, Ross in a good mood. Here's why I know Ross in a good mood. He's at the Super Bowl. Yeah. I saw a video of Tuck Spreads, right? He's out there getting some good food in Vegas. And he's got he's out there with, I'm not saying he's gambling, but he's out there with the tables. Everybody's out there. Taylor won a Grammy and a new album coming out in a few months. Ross Tucker joins us right now. Sounds Ross, like a win. how you doing? Uh, I'm doing well other than I have overeaten five consecutive <laughs> meals, which is, which is not good. Um, you know, when the food's really good, and really free, I really struggle with that combination. I mean, that, that's, that's the one. That is a tough combination. And it's some pretty good food. Is Are you at the one with this, like the all-you-can-eat buffet-type situation? You know what? So you guys will appreciate this, okay? So yesterday, the NFL does a Super Bowl press conference with the food and beverage people. When I tell you I was the only former player there, the only podcast host, the only – studio or, or color commentary guy there. I was there. I interviewed the head of hospitality for Allegiant Stadium primarily so I could get all the food that was there and get videos and pictures because that's kind of my brand on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. Guys, they had this thing called the Grilled Donut Sunday Sunday. That just sounds It's like so a donut heavy. that's grilled a little bit, and then they put two scoops of ice cream on top. So it's basically like, you ever had like waffles with ice cream mm-hmm. or almost like put ice cream on your funnel cake? That's the vibe. I may have had two. I may have had two I of think those. you did have one two, Ross. It, so it sounds four, like you did have two. four scoops of ice cream, <laughs> two donuts. This is very, very unhealthy. It sounds delicious, though, and I think you made the right decision to do that. Ross, of course, our Odyssey NFL insider. Insider calls presented to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. All right, Ross, let's... Let's talk about this game Sunday, which it's really interesting because everyone I listen to, everyone I've talked to, or at least most people, are saying, Chiefs, obviously, better coach, better quarterback. They have the pedigree. They've won. 
And yet the odds say, and the favorite is, the Niners. In fact, that line has moved even more towards the Niners. Ross, am I overthinking this, or is there something to... The Niners are favored for a reason. My gut's telling me it's because their offense is just so electric and they could put up points very quickly. Ross, what do you think about the Niners being the favorite and now even more than they were a week ago? Yeah, so a couple things. First of all, I just kind of had an epiphany when I was on my last show. I feel like Kyle Shanahan, guys, right now, he's Andy Reid and Philly. Mm. I mean, I think this is four conference championship games now for him, right? Or maybe five. And I think this is his second Super Bowl appearance, but he hasn't won one yet. So it's funny, Kyle Shanahan, he's like the younger, um, you know, offensive-minded coach. Kyle Shanahan is in the Andy Reid in Philly phase of his career, trying to prove he can win the big one. And I literally just recorded the Even Money Betting podcast talking about the 49ers being favored. And the idea is they try not to overreact too much to any one game or even any two games. So the reason why the Niners are favored is because they all have power ratings, and the power ratings are based upon how they've done the whole season, yards per play, and how much they beat their opponents by. And for most of the season, many people thought the Chiefs weren't that good, and many people thought that the Niners were the best team. And so even though they've adjusted the numbers a little bit, I think they still... You know, they don't want to overreact too much to what we've seen the last couple of weeks. Boy, I think that's wrong. <laughs> I think that's wrong. I don't care at all about the regular season right now, which is why I love the Chiefs getting the points. I love the Chiefs to win the game. I mean, even if you think about up front, I thought the Packers and the Lions got the better of the, of the, of the Niners up front, and I thought the Chiefs kind of took it to the Ravens up front a little bit and, and were impressive in that game. So, I understand why the betting line is what it is. I understand why people like the Niners. I think it's the body of work. I think it's all those things. But, man, I'm, I'm, I'm big on what have you done recently, right? I mean, how many weeks on the pregame show did we say about the Eagles, yeah, but you know what, maybe this is the week they turn it on. Guys, they never turned it on. Like, mm-hmm. they, like that was just who they were at that point. I'm going with this is who these teams are at this point. The Niners are not a great team that have found a way to win these games late in clutch situations. And the Chiefs right now are a great team, again. Ross, I always think, and it's a great point on the Shanahan-Reed thing. It is similar. And, in fact, it's very similar to Reed trying to win the Super Bowl here when he had a good quarterback, but maybe not a Hall of Fame quarterback, Donovan, going up against a great coach at that time, obviously, Belichick and and Tom Brady. Ross, let me throw a couple scenarios at you for the end of the game Sunday. I'm just curious what you would rather see as a fan, because I'm always thinking, like, as a fan and as a talk show host, what would be cool to just see this scenario play out? Ross, Sunday night you're watching the Super Bowl. Would you rather have the scenario Patrick Mahomes down four, two minutes to go, the ball in his hand, trying to you know continue his legacy, or the other way, Purdy down four, ball in his hands, trying to become something special here? What would you rather see Sunday night? Boy, I'm torn on that. That's a good one. I, I'm torn on it. I'll tell you why. I know it can't happen. I really would like to see both these teams lose. <laughs> you know, I, I mean – I'm kind of tired of the Chiefs, and they've been winning so much. And as a former player, and I'm guessing you can attest, I like seeing new guys get a chance to win a Super Bowl. And I got some friends on the Niners like Juszczyk and those guys. Like, I'd love to see them win it. But I even said this on my show this morning that I'm going to post on social media soon, at Ross Tucker NFL. 
the, the Niners are a hard team to root for. I mean, guys, it, it's it was Monday yesterday, and Nick Bosa is already complaining about the Chiefs' offensive tackles holding, and now they're complaining about the practice field over at UNLV. Like, why are they always complaining or whining about something? The 40 whiners. There's a reason why people call them the 40 whiners. So I, it, it's hard for me to answer that question, Joe. The answer, if it were any team other than the Niners, would be I would love to see Brock Purdy rise to the occasion in that moment. You know, as an undrafted guy, I can appreciate a Mr. Irrelevant type. Go down the field, Brock Purdy, score the Super Bowl, you know, score the touchdown, win the Super Bowl, have people not be able to say, oh, he's, you know, he's not that great. Like, I would love if he eviscerated that narrative around him. But then that would also mean the Niners would be winning the Super Bowl. Although the flip side, I've also thought about, I guess what's best for the Eagles is probably if the Niners win, right? Because they're not good enough to, like, repeat. Like, they're not going to win it again next year. So if you're, if you're thinking Eagles next year are going to be right back in the mix, maybe you'd rather the 49ers win it this year so that they're not as hungry next year, so that the odds of them repeating go down. So, I don't know, there's a lot of different angles we could play here, Joe. Ross, what kind of game are you expecting Sunday? I mean, the, the, obviously the Chiefs' defense has been remarkable. They just won a 17-10 game in the conference championship. And we know the 49ers' defense hasn't been as good, but their offense is electric. I mean, they that second half, I know the Lions' defense isn't very good, but I was just amazed at how many points they scored in so few possessions that second half of that game. Ross, do you think we're getting a shootout? The total in this game is 47.5 or more towards a lower-scoring game? I'm thinking like 23-20, 24-20 Chiefs, something like that. So I guess under the total currently. Although I, I, I don't think I thought it last year's game would be nearly as high scoring as it was. was that, were any of us saying 38-35? At no. the time, the Eagles D-line had just destroyed all the Niners quarterbacks, right? And the Chiefs offense really wasn't that great without Tyreek Hill. So I don't think anybody was thinking 38-35 last year. So I guess you never really know how it's going to unfold. But in my mind, the Chiefs defense has just been too good. And I don't think the Chiefs offense has been that great. I mean, Mahomes done a good job, but they still only scored 17 points last week. So 23-20, 24-20, something like that, Kansas City feels about right to me. Ross, as we uh, we look forward to the offseason here in the NFL, and we're talking to Ross Tucker, Odyssey NFL Insider. The coaching search is all done, right? We have all the coaches here. What did you think about what the commanders did? We haven't worried about them in a long time. They're trying to piece this thing back together. Dan Quinn, Cliff Kingsbury, and now, now some chatter out there. Maybe they'll try to make a move if the Bears are willing to listen at one and maybe Caleb Williams. But the coaching decision by the commanders, what did you make and how do you think it changes the NFC East? So what's so interesting about that is there's a lot of reporting out there, Joe, that number one, they wanted Ben Johnson, and Ben Johnson sort of, uh, sort of gave him the stiff arm. And then after that, people have reported that they pivoted to Mike McDonald, the Ravens' D coordinator, and then... Seattle came in with more money, and so he picked Seattle. So it's a really, I mean, and it kind of relates to Philly sports, not only because the commanders are in the Eagles division, but also because the owner of the commanders is the owner of the Sixers. It's a bad look, right? I mean, the, the book is that uh, Ben Johnson thought that the ownership and the guys running the commanders were mm. like cocky basketball guys and didn't really resonate with him. And then they got out by the Seahawks to hire Mike McDonald, 
I mean, if you're think about that, you're Josh Harris. You just paid over six billion dollars for an NFL franchise, and this is your first major move. This is your first like real hire. You're getting a new head coach, and at best, you get your third your third pick in Dan Quinn. Now, I like Dan Quinn. I think he's a good coach. I think he'll he'll do a fine job there. Wouldn't be surprised if he does a really good job. I think some guys can do better their second spin around. Look at Andy Reid. But, man, I feel like like I, if you're a new owner, don't you have to find a way to get your first choice with your neck, with your first head coach? It just Yeah, when you talk about everything that they have. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all the excitement, Hugh, that came with getting a new owner because they all hated Daniel Snyder. Now people are – there's inherent skepticism. Now, wait a minute. The, the first guy we wanted didn't like you guys, and the second guy we wanted – you got outbid by Seattle. It's a real bad look for Josh Harris. It makes me think a little bit about what that means for his ownership of the Sixers. It's a good point, yeah. And you know what? It's not an inspiring hire, especially when you think about the hot names. But we'll see what they become. All right, let's end with this, Ross. And, Ross, we appreciate all the spots throughout the season. We've really enjoyed these and looking forward to uh, doing more in the future. Ross, we found out the Eagles will be in Brazil to start the season next year. Week one, a Friday night game. And, Ross, we're looking at the possible opponents. So let, let's rule out the division teams. So that gives us six teams. I'm going to give you the six teams. Ross, tell me who you think would be the best game week one next year for the NFL to give us in on a Friday night. Here are the six possible opponents, non-divisional. Browns, Falcons, Jaguars, Steelers, Packers, Panthers. Ross Tucker, you're in charge. Who are the Eagles playing week one? Ooh, um... Packers and Steelers kind of stood out to me a little bit there. You know, um, uh, you know, the Packers obviously having that national, international draw, and there's a lot of buzz with them after what they were able to get done last year with Jordan Love in the postseason. And then the Steelers, I just think there's something cool there about Steelers-Eagles, like, the, like the, the, all the Pennsylvania people heading down to Brazil. Which, by the way, that, that's my question for you guys. What's been the reaction from the callers? I'm out here in Vegas. I've been able to listen to the show. Are people really upset or not really? They, I don't mixed. think people think love mixed. it, but yeah. they don't. It's not like they're they're excited. But I, I don't think they. There was some this morning oh, with the Cameron Ritchie that they were upset. I heard a high school coach Ross. This I'm sure will resonate with you. That you know Friday night high school football in Pennsylvania. That's probably what the first or second game of the season. That that's you know that kind of stinks for those kids and those coaches that they have to go up against an Eagles game. So I did hear some of that today. Something you don't usually think about when it comes to the NFL because they don't usually play Friday games. No, that's a good point. I, I just know so many season ticket holders and like those those home games that that's like their Christmas game. Mm-hmm. Like they, they they live for that. So losing one of those is rough. Although the way I think about it now is with the NFL going to more and more international games. Every team's going to lose one, like, at least once every four weeks or something. I mean, four years or something. So this is like, on some level, the Eagles are getting it out of the way, and then they'll probably be good to go, you know, for for a bunch of years after that. But this is the way it is. I think every team's going to lose a home game to an international game at least once every four years now. Yeah, and the last time the Eagles did it in, with Jacksonville and London, I think they were the road team. So it kind of evens out. Ross, we always appreciate you hopping on. Enjoy the rest of the week in Vegas, the game, and – and, uh, and eat all the good stuff out there, Ross. Thank you. Enjoy yourself, man. I will do that. Awesome. See you guys. There Peace. he goes. Ross Tucker, Odyssey NFL Insider. Ross Tucker, Insider Calls, brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. So Ross is another one on the Chiefs to win this game. Yeah. I'm with, you know, I'm, I'm not going against my old coach, man. I, I, like, I like Big Red and the fact that, you know, when you talk about friends and everything, mm. I like what Andy has been able to do. 
over the past couple of years, man. And and you talk about, you know, going into this game, he uh, Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. Of and course. the defense is playing lights out. And the fact that the 40 winers are already crying about – they're talking about benching Chase Young and they're crying about the field and everything. Yeah, that's not a good look. I keep coming – Howard brought this up to us. I keep coming back to it. We all agree the Chiefs have the better coach? Yes. Better quarterback? Yes. Better defense? Yes. They are not the favorite in the game. That's crazy. Well, but there's a reason. Like, there's, there, this reminds me a little bit. I don't think the game's going to be a blowout. We did this with Eagles and 49ers. Like, why are they favored? We did well, this with Eagles and the Chiefs? Yeah. Last year in the Super Bowl. Right. We thought we had the better team, but the Chiefs had the better coach and quarterback. Yes. And it was wrong for the Eagles to be favored. And I tell That's you a what, good point. We, we've, we've seen. In, but was in, it wrong? They, were, they did help well, play them for I a mean, lot of the game. <laughs> technically, yes. The outcome turned that way. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, we've, seen, we've seen Coach Shanahan kind of, you know, uh, poop the bed in situations like this. Yeah. Because he came out in the second half against the Chiefs. We've never seen Andy poop the bed in these situations. No, so, we have. We've seen him capitalize. Like, not lately. Not lately. We're going to say that not lately. It's a good comp by Ross that Shanahan's a younger version of Andy. He's yeah, working his yeah. way to being that. And then, you know, there is 28-3. And the fact that Coach Shanahan did leave his playbook somewhere and, and was lost when he was with the Falcons. So, yeah, it's a little bit of that. Yeah, I also wonder if people are looking at their last two weeks of the Niners the wrong way. Yeah, they didn't play great. But the, didn't the Niners just do what they never do under Shanahan? They never come back. Like, I wonder if they've gotten over that now and can come back in the game. I think it's going to be a great game on Sunday. I, I'm leaning right now towards the 49ers. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I, I guess just the way I look at that or the way that, you know, Brock Purdy and the offense played the last two games, like – the Chiefs are a team that won't allow the Niners off the hook with those mistakes. Uh, you're probably right. Well, like the, yeah. the Lions let the ball bounce off their face mask. The Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are going to capitalize on those errors. Yeah, a veteran team. With yep. the, yeah, it's not like Jordan Love and Goff. It's 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 a it's different. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four gets you aboard. Let's go back to the phones here. Jalen Hurts is his ceiling closer to Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, Purdy or Patrick Mahomes, and of course the Brazil thing. Do you like it? Does it bother your Eagles open the season in Brazil? Tyrone in Middleton. Hey, Tyrone. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good What's going show. On, man? How you Thank doing? you, Tyrone. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'm just standing here in my yard. Listening to the show is really good. Um, you, you in trouble? You, know, you, you on punishment or something? You just standing in your yard? I got, I got my dog. You know, my dog oh. got to do that. Oh, okay, yeah. Got oh, he's got to take the dog out. I get that. I get it. Plus, the sun is out this week. The sun, the sun wasn't out around here for like a month. It's nice to see it again. Yeah, you know, but it's but it's funny. Um, listen, it's it's uh, listen to the uh, comparison between uh, Jalen and uh, what do you call it, uh, Purdy or either uh, Mahomes. This is my observation of Mahomes when I first saw him after a couple years. Um, I'm a little older, so I, I go back way back. Um, he he, you know, he reminds me more of. A, I don't know if you remember Fran Tarkenton, but he was the classic scrambler back. Yeah, Fran was like the OG of scrambling. I yeah, remember that. And, yeah. But see, he wasn't a running quarterback. He scrambled really to set up someone downfield to extend the play. He extended the pocket to the sideline, basically. And uh, he stringed the play out. But Jalen, to me, is more like Lamar Jackson in that he runs for yardage. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of – this is why I think coaching is very, very important because – he needs to be coached up. I'm a great Jalen fan, a defender of him. He's a marvelously talented guy. But I think he needs to be coached up to keep his head up and look for receivers and just learn how to extend the play as opposed to bolting within. You count one without two ones out there, shoot, he's gone. Yeah, and, and that, that's, um, that has been a knock on Jalen this year, the fact that he was looking more at the rush 
as opposed to looking at the receivers down the field. Yep, and I but and I think uh, with Brock Purdy, if you notice in the last game, he ran for fifty three yards, and he wasn't he's nowhere near the scrambler. He he just ran for positive yards, and I think Mahomes is to me he's the closest thing to a magician on a football field. Because he will bait you, faint you with the ball, put the ball in his left hand, faint to the left, throw the ball back to his right as he's running left, and actually complete the pass. And he does that repetitively. And Tyrone, what's so amazing about it is he does that, but he doesn't take sacks or turn the ball over. You know, usually you do that kind of stuff, you know, you're going to make some mistakes, and he doesn't make them very often. Exactly. And I've, I've finally become a believer in him only because he's been doing that since his rookie year. And and I, that, that's why I think coaching, particularly with the Eagles, and I'm kind of excited about this new coaching staff and that, if they can bring in the right coaches, you notice Pat Sertain, you notice even when we picked up A.J. Brown, they were players that not only were talented in college, but probably when they came to the NFL, they were coached by the right coaching staff, that they were directed in the right way. And sometimes with football players, you have to, if they're willing, you have to coach kind of hard. I think in, in in order to point people, it's like a, it's almost like if you bring somebody up from when they're a child, when they're more susceptible to listening to you when they're rookies, I, I think that'll go a long way. Yeah, and I it could. No, Tyrone, and the coaching part of it's huge. And Tyrone, man, we appreciate the phone call. The, the coaching part, and Hugh, you brought this up earlier today, it's, it's gigantic when it comes to these quarterbacks, but especially now to get Hurts to back to where he wanted to go. They yeah. need it. And that, that's what you need, man, because he, he obviously has the skill set. He has talent. He just needs direction. And in order to get him on that plane, where, which I think that with his skill set, he could be like a Patrick Mahomes, you got to coach him up, man. It, it, it's so obvious to me that part of it, and I know Howard would disagree with this, but part of his problem was coaching last year. Oh, I agree with because that. Because, like, if you're going – like, okay, for, for instance, perfect example. If I have an enemy tell me, and I'm watching film, and I see it on film, and they're saying, hey, he's looking at the pass rush as opposed to looking down the field. That need, like It's hard to change certain mannerisms during the course of the season, but you can start to do little things that help get you in that right direction mm-hmm. and point you. It didn't look like that. Did it look like any time during the course of the games that we were watching this slide that Jalen changed anything that he was doing from the week before? No. They wanted to run a, a draw play. On the first play of the, of the game, they want to run a draw play. So that that tells me right there that partly his problem was coaching. Now, some of, a lot of it lies on him and, you know, the, the leadership thing, but I'm just talking about the stuff on the field. They didn't change and they didn't help him out enough, in my opinion. Yeah, unless they thought that was the best way to win with him. And that they didn't think he, that he could beat you throwing. Yeah, I mean, but... That, I, and I don't again, know the answer. I'm just again, wondering why they do that. Yeah, but you need to adapt and adjust your quarterback to help put him in the best possible position. I agree. Look, if Jalen's got a great team around him and he's healthy, I think we've seen he, a lot. We have seen we saw all of 2022. He was amazing one year ago. And that's why I think he's closer to Brock Purdy. You put good stuff around Purdy, good coaching, good players, good team, good scheme. The guy almost won it. You know, he's an MVP finalist. The award ceremony's Thursday night. I That's how I view Jalen Hurst. Mahomes, I have in such a different category. I already have him as a top four quarterback ever, and he's pushing towards top two. I mean, we, you can make a real case he's already past Peyton Manning and Joe Montana. He's just, just six years in the starting. It's, it's remarkable. 215-592-9494. That is how you hop in. Or we'll take all your phone calls coming up here in the 1 o'clock hour. Jalen Hurts, his ceiling. Is it closer to what Patrick Mahomes is or Brock Purdy is? 
And in case you missed it, we'll pass along the updates on Joel Embiid, who did get surgery this morning, came out successful, as Howard says. They always say this was successful, which is good. What the insiders are saying about his timeline for recovery here, plus we've got a brand new Joe Conklin song. You know, this is a uh, Joe's had some real great ones this lately. Is so good, but this is it's perfect. Like for right now, for what we're talking about, for the whole Embiid situation, as we try to figure out how the Sixers are going to react and fare without him. Uh, we'll have the Joe Conklin song and the Sixers lose last night. Can they stick? I've been a fan of the music here. Kyle's been playing the last few days. Who is this? It's Elton, isn't uh, it? Yeah, Elton, Elton John? Yeah. Yeah. Usually, I feel like I'm usually the one who knows the least about what music's coming back. But I, I know my Elton John. All right, welcome back. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio. We'll get to the latest on Embiid. He went under his surgery this morning. Of course, our Twitter question sponsored by the PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing others see when they meet. You learn about and schedule your, your evaluation. PIDentalCenter.com. All right, so... Today, a couple things uh, talking about. Obviously, the Brazil trip for the Philadelphia Eagles here, which is going to be week one, Friday night. The Eagles lose one of their home games next year. They play in Brazil. Are you happy the Eagles will be in Brazil for week one? 75% no. That's a big number. For the most part, people do not like this. Um, look, if I if I had season tickets, it'd bother me too. I lose a game. I, mm-hmm. I lose a game I get to go to. I, I think I, I feel for the ticket holders more than anybody. Because they lose a game. You only get nine next year. Now it's eight. And Howard brought up a good point earlier. They had nine road games this year. They'll effectively have nine road games next year. And then nine road games, of course, the year after that. Our other, our other poll today, as we debate Jalen Hurts and his ceiling, is it closer to Patrick Mahomes or Brock Purdy? Kyle, are you frustrated this poll is close to 50-50? Uh, no, it's about what I expected. Okay, so I it's think, 59 Mahomes, 59% Mahomes, 41% Purdy. Yeah, like this isn't something that's going to cause a crisis in okay. my head. Like yeah. I understand that there's, I guess, a few different ways or lenses you can look at this through. Mm-hmm. Um, like accomplishment-wise versus skill-wise. You know, when you just put the question out there without the full context, uh, it leaves people sort of to, to, to run with their imagination. And I, I think that's sort of where this whole thing comes from. And... A lot of people are down on Jalen it this year. I mean, it was pretty clear that he did regress to some degree at the end of the season, and, and Brock Purdy's in the Super Bowl, so it's it's tough with the reasons he buys. See, well, that's a good point. If we had asked the same question in week two or three of this season, what would it have been? 80%, 90% towards Mahomes? Because we yeah. just watched Jalen play at a high level in the Super Bowl. But you, after a full year where Hurst didn't play great, and Mahomes is back in the Super Bowl. It's, the gap feels bigger than it was a year yeah, ago. Yeah, it is, but it isn't. And, and this is the thing. It's, it's hard sometimes as a fan, to be fair, because we're so emotional. And I get that. And I, and I don't hold that against anybody because, you know, you're talking about it in a moment. And the reality is this. You're probably going this weekend to a fan of either team's playing a Super Bowl party. And your team's not in it. You're going to probably wear your jersey because that's what you do. But you're not happy about the way it ended when it had so much promise. It started out with so much promise, especially when you talk about the trend in the NFL of most teams. Once they make it to the Super Bowl, they have a real tough season. Mm. 
And we started out looking like we were that team. We started out like we were that dude. And then the wheels fell off the wagon and they fell off in such a grand way. Nobody could explain. See, the problem is this when it comes to our quarterback and this season in a nutshell. We don't know what happened. We've all been speculating for the past couple of weeks. We've put it on the coaches. Like Howard likes to say it's the players' fault. The players are talking about it's the coaches. We don't know. We do not know. And that's the most unfortunate thing and tough thing about it is because now we got these new offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and we're being optimistic about yeah. the future, but we still don't know what happened. And I don't think we ever will. No. Nah. No. So, and, and I'm at the point now where I care less about what happened. I just care this is what happened. Yeah. Right? They collapsed. Like, why? I don't know. I mean, none of us know. They Maybe they know. The bottom line is this is the reality. Jalen Hurst has had three seasons as a starter. Two have been pretty good. Good, depending on how you level that. He made the playoffs, but he wasn't great. And then one who spins great. So that's that's his three years as starting quarterback. 215-592-9494 is how you hop in. Let's get back to the phones here. We'll give you the latest on Joel Embiid, who did undergo a meniscus procedure this morning. Allen is in Mount Airy. Hey, Allen. Yo, hello, hello. What is up? Happy Monday. What's Happy going on, man? Tuesday. I think it's, it's Tuesday. Tuesday is Tuesday, Tuesday, right? Yeah, don't what get me confused. You said Monday. I think you said mid. I thought Monday. you said mid. Oh, midday, oh, yeah. midday. Yes, happy midday. midday. Oh, yeah, I said midday. Yeah, well, you know, I, I misheard, Alan. Happy, yeah, happy midday right. on a Tuesday. What's up? What are you thinking, Alan? There we go. All right. Well, a couple things right down the line. Uh, number one, like great couple calls in a row, including Ross. I'll get to Ross in just a second. Uh, Brazil, starting there. So, props to Hugh. Brazil, the theme song from the movie Brazil by Terry Gilliam. Yes, 100%. That's where my mind goes to all the time on that one. Yeah. Um, secondly, why do you have like 75% in the no column on that? I think it's about where we are right now. You know, starting the season on the road in one of these kind of gimmicky, it's always going to feel gimmicky, even if it is ultimately for the expansion of the brand or money. Um, you know, if we take a loss in that, that, you know, we're going to feel that we are starting the season off right back where we ended it in this uncertainty. Have we fixed anything? Because a lot of factors go into those international games. So I think people just don't want it. And then, of course, the, the ticket considerations and actually losing a home game is a hard blow. Um, uh, Alan, you're right on that. And then, you know, every other year they, they shift, right? NFC gets nine home games, then AFC. So next year, inherently, was supposed to be an advantage for the Eagles. Nine home games right. versus eight road, and now it's, you know, eight, eight, and one, or whatever. We might consider this a road game, neutral, whatever. They lose a home game, bottom line. Roll of the dice, uh, you know, internationally mm -hmm. always feels that way. Um, so closer to Mahomes or Purdy, um, you know, just to be fair, like stepping outside of it, you know, I was going to like hedge toward, of course, these are developing players early in their careers, you got to go Purdy. But then Ross's call changed my mind because he said something like with four minutes left in the game, four minutes, two minutes, whose hands do you want that in? I know whose hands I want the ball in, and it's Jalen Hurts, just like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we look back to last, uh, last year's Super Bowl, like that's the magic of Mahomes, and we have seen that out of Hurts. They're both developing. Coaching is clearly the – major issue here 
Hertz still needs to develop under solid coaching. And when you have this split thing where the locker room has equal voice with the coaching staff, the other, the other three tires are going to fall off the bus. So, like, he needs to be coached. He needs to, if he has to relearn, he needs to be coached right now. That's the time. And it seems like those keys to the bus, to complete the metaphor, have been taken out of Sirianni's hand. Like, your job is now on your ability to steer coaching staff to make sure we don't repeat. Yeah, and it's and that coaching. That's why, as we've talked about it so much, Alan, it's a really good phone call. is is going to be critical for Joel. Uh, excuse me, for Jalen to get back to where we wanted to get to and to where he was a year ago. Because last year he played at such a high level. For I mean, he finished second in the MVP. And he, if he doesn't get hurt last year with his shoulder, he Ain't wins. No telling. He yeah. wins it. Yeah, and and that's why I feel like it's it's coaching direction. We have to get him back to where he's comfortable with the guy that's putting him in position to be successful. And it's obvious last year that that wasn't the case. Yeah, the issue is, though, without an offensive play call that's the head coach, the play caller can change, as we've seen here, right? There's no continuity. I mean, Kellen Moore, he could get a head coaching job if he's good. It it could change. Yeah, this is true. Andy doesn't change. Shanahan doesn't change. Yeah, he's been there. But I feel like this is where it starts. You know, they got him a quarterback's coach, and you have to put him – in position where I, I think the job of a coach, because this is what my coach did for me, see the way, see the game, the way that he sees it, and and I tell you, to a man, when I when I saw it from the perspective of where he was trying to teach me, it slowed down tremendously. Mm-hmm. It it really really did, and that's what it is for Jalen, because I feel like when you talk about you know the game, he's looking at the pass rush and all this other stuff. It feels to me like it's moving too fast, and he doesn't trust his offensive line. And so now, instead of him looking down the field and looking to see where the receiver's going to be and where he should put the ball, he's more worried about who's about to tattoo him. Can't play like that. Like, the one thing a quarterback has to have trust in is his offensive line and them and those guys doing their job up front. And if you immediately drop back and, and you, look, you take your eyes down and you start looking at the pass rush, then you're not going to see those small windows that open up quickly in the secondary that you need to take advantage of. And, and, and to be honest, when, you th- when I think back on the games that he played, a lot of that was the problem. Like, there were guys that were open. They just weren't open when he was looking at the ball yeah. because he missed the window. He holds the ball too long. Yeah, I mean, he did that, did that a lot. If you look at his three years as a starter, he held the ball a really long time in 2021. Last year he got it out quickly, and then this year again held it too long. That, that is obviously a – a thing with him. All right, the latest on Joel Embiid. He did undergo a meniscus procedure this morning, and it was deemed a successful surgery. He'll re he'll be reevaluated in four weeks, according to Woj. And this was the last thing from Adrian Wojnarowski this morning. How Embiid's recovery goes over the next few weeks will be paramount, but there continues to be a belief that the door isn't closed on the possibility of his return this season. Is anyone else frustrated the fact that we don't have uh, the truth from the Sixers on this? What procedure did he undergo this morning? Did he get the full meniscus repair, or did he get the, uh, I guess, trim is the right word? The flap? The flap trim. Like They know right now what kind of surgery he had. No, yeah, they definitely know. And they're not telling us. Yeah, and that's the kind of weird thing, and I didn't think about it that way into to how it actually pointed out, because that was the conversation that was being had all week long, yeah. like it was a meniscus flap, and now for it to become something that's kind of vague, it does kind of make you wonder. So my theory on this is Maury's trying to keep this under wraps until the trade deadline because it affects his leverage. You know, teams know what 
I mean, if, if it comes out that he's out for the season, it changes the, the desperation it, yeah. or, you know, whatever. It just changes the, the price. It makes it the price of the brick go up, too. Yes. So I, I wonder if that's where. But, Kyle, this is very Sixers. We, anytime someone's hurt, especially a big player like uh, Embiid or when it was Ben with his back a few years ago, they never really tell us exactly what's going on. Yeah, but they're usually, like, when it comes to other players, non Joel Embiid's, they're what? usually they're more specific. I know. A lot more specific. So is this something where they're trying to protect Embiid? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. It's it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, I I want to I want to be excited a little bit because you were when we first got the news like, hey, four weeks, maybe that means that it's the it's the lesser version of the surgery and he will return. Right. But I, I don't yeah. know. I thought they were giving you the like earliest possible because you know we heard four to eight weeks or something like that. So maybe the reevaluated in four weeks is them saying like, we'll see where he's at at the earliest possible benchmark. And you know if, if they might tell us at that point four more weeks, two more weeks, whatever. But you know I think. We will fully know in four weeks. We will. Uh, so here's my question to you guys. Are the Sixers going to be able to stay afloat in the next four, five, six, seven weeks without him? Good oh. question. They fought hard last night, but it, it's going to be tough. They're probably going to have to go out and get some help. They're going to have to put up the bat, the bat signal. Yeah, I mean, I know you said they fought hard, and they played hard, but they <laughs> lost by 16 sound, yeah, at that, home. That just sounds lame, don't it? Oh, they fought hard, but they still gave them 16 points. Yeah, uh, it's tough. If Maury chooses to not do much at the deadline, I don't know if they're going to be in a secure yeah, playoff a, spot. You're going to have to do something. And, so, and you're probably looking at, in order not to, with, with Joel Embiid's future up in the air, you probably want to do something where you could potentially get some expiring contracts so that way you won't, you won't hurt yourself. They're three and a half games up on the play-in. Are they going to, let's say Embiid is able to come back the last two weeks of the season. Are the Sixers going to be assured a, one of those top six spots? I don't think so. Like, do you guys think they're well, they're four and eleven now since without Joel this season? Yeah, that's the yeah because yeah last night yes. I am skeptical they're going to be now. I don't they're not going to fall totally out right because there's ten playoff spots like quote unquote yeah. to play in like they'll be in there, but you have to play the play in then to get <laughs> in the playoffs. And you, I mean, you win as and you go in as the eight seed. Right, you're playing the number one seed in round one. Yeah, it, yeah, it's yeah, no fun. It's very hard to. Um, yeah, the fluffy factor is. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, not trying to be funny, but you do kind of worry about that, man, especially when, you know, listen, I've been there. I know exactly how it is. You've been fluffy? To, oh, man, <laughs> more, more than I would like to <laughs> more than I would like to share. But, yeah. I think been everyone's fluffy. been fluffy. Yeah, but you got you to gotta make sure that you're doing everything that you can, man, not to be fluffy. They, they can get healthier without the return of Joel Embiid, though. They're not only missing Embiid. Oh, Melton, yeah. Patum, yeah. like, sure. they're starting play, Their better players are still injured. They could, I think. I think they'll look better than four and eleven. All right. Well, I would agree with that. It's just a matter of can they stay afloat. I mean, they're right now three and a half games up on Orlando for that play in line. Uh, they're the five seed right now, three games up on Indiana for the six. All right. I need to feel better and laugh a little bit here with this, uh, you know, because laugh from crying. Joe Conklin, his latest uh, as he talks and sings about the Joel Embiid situation. Embiid is hurt again. I'm not surprised we're in a jam again. This team I love has fallen much to my chagrin. Basketball gods sure as hell are not our friend. So we're screwed again. Did we commit some kind of deadly sin? I know we'll never make it past the second round. Josh Harris teams are always run by a bunch of clowns. Missed opportunities. Sam Hinkie told us we had optionality. Adam Silver 
Gave us Colangelo and he came up so teeny And Babs Botini The wrong move again Traded Jimmy Butler, took it on the chin again And we held on to that wussy Ben Simmons Plus we discarded Mikael Bridges in the end What could have been? We took Markel Fultz and passed on Jason Tatum Got fleeced by Danny Ainge Then we lose to Boston every time we play them I frickin' hate them So here we go again Embiid is going under the knife again The team I love just makes me play the violin Woe is me, the Sixers are just f***ed again <laughs> I mean that cl- that ending right there. That made you laugh. Yeah, well, the end. That song that, was depressing. The, the but, but the end is the truth. I mean that's that that's just, why I'm laughing. No, I'm saying because that's just way too much reality. Like, like well, I live in the, I try yeah. to live in that world that, too. That was depressing. It's all real. Though. I think yes. it's like that's why I was depressing. We all know, like we've discussed ad nauseum the Tatum thing, the Fultz thing. Yeah. Like these are all things that we know. Yeah. So yeah. it's not like Conklin was like, by right. the way, this happened. We all know about this. We so, lived this. Yeah. yeah. But it's the timeline and when you think about all of the stuff <laughs> and what this team could have been, it was just like, man, that that's just way too much reality for right now. You know, all those thoughts pass through every Philadelphia fan's head no, yeah. when we time, get eliminated yeah. in the second round every time. Every time they get upset, yes. I hear it. I it's feel it's it. Tatum, Fultz, Ben Simmons. Like well, why? The why? process has been like giving a a young person a million dollars, and they come back to you after a few years, Passing and they for money. they have a can, and they're shaking it for change. Like they have, there's nothing left there, and you're like, "What did you do?" Because yeah, they had all those shots. That was a great song by Joe Conklin. Um, JoeConklin.com. Check out, of course, all his shows there. Okay, so before we uh, we go anywhere else, I got to take this call. Is it Ingy from King of Prussia? Yes. Uh, he wants to talk about my knowledge here of what's going on. What's up, Ingy? Guys, this uh, you got to be positive about the Sixers this year. They, in the next this year and next, when MB comes back, they have I think they have a legit chance to get to the finals and even win a championship. What the Sixers need right now, besides MB coming back, obviously, they need glue guys. I hear people talk about Levine for some weird reason. These are people who know nothing about basketball. Yeah, he. Sports. I don't want. I don't want Levine anywhere uh, near this Levine, team. Le, Le, if they get Levine, they will miss the playoffs. They need glue guys like DeRozan, like Bruce Brown, like Rozier. Even though uh, Rozier went to Miami. Yeah, I would have liked Rozier. Guys, yeah, these are the guys that the Sixers need. They have a shot to win the championship in the next couple years, this year and next. Well, they don't have you a gotta, shot this year. Ingy, this this year's this year's cooked. No, this year if Embiid comes back, they have a chance to win it. No. to get to the finals. The East sucks. They're going to be I mean, a seven. Milwaukee, they're going to. They're not even going to be a top Milwaukee, six seed. They're not they're winning a title this year, Ingy. No, no, they will get to the finals. Milwaukee's overrated. Stop. Get get get. You know, for, that's what I'm telling you. I know my basketball. Couple things. The Eagles going to Brazil. It's the best thing that can happen. Why? Uh, think about going to London. That is the most boring city in the world. Uh, I mean, Brazil is great. Think about the all, all like the people, the notoriety yeah, of the people. Yeah, the have women. you have you been, have people. you been to Brazil? Well, have you been there? Have you been to Brazil? I've been to Panama. I've been to Central America. Right. I haven't. But think about this: we can go to. 
tag. It's not what Brazil, is it? though. We can go to South America. We can go to Antarctica. Think about what that will do Antarctica. for Philadelphia. What does Antarctica have to do with anything? Just it's beautiful down there. So, my last point what is What is this. wrong with him? Wait, my last point is this. Point, you, you, you talk about Jalen Hurts. Uh-huh. This offseason has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts. This has to do with Howie drafting skilled position players, especially on defense. Forget about, uh, think about this, this Fonzie dude, Fangio. Fonzie. <laughs> no, I like Fonzie. No, hey. We're going to call him Fonzie from no, now no. on. Look, he had all pros down there in Miami and his defense Still, no, they all got hurt. Inky. They, they, they all good. got hurt. Inky. About, he didn't have those guys in the playoff game. He was without. You ever hear of Ramsey? Yeah, he was hurt half the year. Yeah, you ever hear of Chubb? He you, was you hurt. Never hear about these guys? Yeah, Inky. He had an all pro at every position, and the defense. Well, that's still that's sucked. not that's a lie. I mean, that that's this just make believe. Ingy, they all team. were hurt. They got hurt. Jalen Phillips got right. hurt. At the end, they got hurt. At the end. At the end. Even when they were Chubb healthy, got hurt on, thing, on Black sucked. Friday. You're nuts, Ingy. Jalen Ramsey wasn't there for half the season. Yeah, Joe next season is all about Howie Roseman. If he can't draft and he can't draft skill position guys, I will not bring back both A.J. Brown. And Devontae Smith. Would you trade? Would one. you trade one for Patrick Sertain? Patrick Sertain. Why would they trade for Patrick Sertain? Well, he's just he a, he's, why, why would they give up Patrick Sertain? Do you? Would you want him Denver. here? Would you Denver. want him why here? Why would Denver give up Patrick Sertain? Would you want him here? Is the question, Iggy? Because yeah, Joe feels trade, like they're about to. I would to trade AJ Brown for Sertain, but I would rather have young guys. There's no question about it. All right, Iggy. Iggy's brought a lot today to the table. Sertain's 23. I know. I know. I, I'm aware. Also, he told me all the Dolphins players were healthy. They were all hurt this season. Yeah, they got banged up pretty yeah. bad, man. And they were pretty soft. Sixers title this year, according to Ingy. He, well, when I heard Ingy say that, he's, he was saying they have a chance, which I totally agree with Ingy. I agree with you on that. They have a chance. What percentage? Well, when Joella comes, <laughs> Joella, <laughs> Joel comes back, I give them a 50% chance. Wait wait a second. Hold on a second. Chip in the chair, Joe. Chip in the chair. 50% chip in the, chip in the chair. To do what? Win the finals? Yeah. Chip in the chair. 50%. 50. I say that with a straight face. I know too. you did. I'm, I'm, I keep staring at it. You want my percent chances <laughs> to win the finals this year? I don't. I don't like, I'm, One. I'm being optimistic. No, you're being drunk. 50%. Not, not yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's only one twenty. All right, 215-592-9494. We'll get to as many of your phone calls as we can. Plus, we have a the- uh, one of our calls is a theory on the Embiid situation, which I'm excited to hear about. A theory on what's going on because we're getting vague reports about his uh, his post surgery. Two one five five nine two ninety four nine four, and we have to get to a few wild stories from Media Row out in Las Vegas. All that to come on the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from Vandal in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sports. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Look, there's so many out there. I will take both tight ends to score in this game. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $2,000 of bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O. Make every moment more with FanDuel, 
an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back, Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Gillio. We'll get to a couple of wild stories from Media Row out in Las Vegas in just a couple minutes. Your phone call is coming up here. But we do, do we have a Phillies trade? Howard said they're going to make a move. What happened here? Howard was right on it. Oh, wait. It, did they, oh, it's a trade. So did they trade for Mike Trout? They did not trade uh, for Mike Trout. What we got? Uh, but huge, huge move here. The Phillies acquired Michael Rucker, right-handed pitcher, reliever from the Cubs. In exchange for cash considerations, our old friend, and uh, have subsequently DFA'd Andrew Bellotti. Oh, I'll miss Bellotti. Yeah, me too. Bellotti gave them some decent innings the, the World Series year, two years ago. I, I was a Bellotti fan. So Michael Rucker, he looks like a goober here. here. We'll see He's if a he goober. Can, yeah, we'll see if he can make the team or not. Now, I wonder if he has options left, if they can open up another spot. But, he has one. So, all right, so that maybe Bellotti was out of options. Some of those teams do that. All right, so Phillies make a little fringe trade. For a bullpen piece there. Let's go back to the phone lines here, and then uh, we'll give you a couple, I mean, I mean wild stories coming out of Media Row out in Las Vegas. We got uh, Christopher, who's up next on WIP. Hey, Christopher. Chris, you there, buddy? Chris going once. Chris going twice. Now, Chris wanted to come on and rip you over. Uh, I think he changed his mind. Because normally when you come from saying that the guy stinks, I mean, I, I'm curious to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, a little cold feet. It happens yeah. sometimes. We'll get back to Christopher it. Christopher is a noted Kenny Pickett fan, though. Yeah, so we, uh, Christopher is. So it takes her a little wonk. He's been, a, he's been on that one for a few years. It just hasn't quite worked out uh, for his side of it. Let's go to Tom and Abington. He has a theory on this whole Embiid situation here. Yo, fellas. How are we doing today? Hey, Tom. What's man? up? All right, so can we stop with the uh, verbal gymnastics that the uh, Philadelphia second-rounders are putting out there? Like, uh, okay, um, Maury's trying to sell more tickets at the end of the year, and he can only do that if he gives us the inkling that Joel will come back, okay? So Joel didn't have a procedure on a flap this morning. He had surgery on a tear. So can we stop with this? Well, the, the flap is a very, uh, you know, workaround from saying tear. Yeah, he has a tear in his flap. You say it however you want. It's a tear. And, Tom, what gets me is the four weeks will reevaluate. No, they know right now what kind of surgery they yep, did. They're they just do. not telling us. Yeah. But it's not even surgery. It's a procedure. Right. Let's not forget that. <laughs> yes. Now, when it comes to Jalen Hurts, he better be closer to Patrick Mahomes after what we just paid him. I will say that. Now, Brock Purdy. All right, Joe, you know my history, right? I hit a million dollars in the lottery, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm lucky. And lucky knows lucky. He has got to be the luckiest quarterback I've ever seen suit up pads. He, he, they should have lost the two playoff games. If, if the Packers and Lions defenders could actually catch a ball that hit them right in the hands, they don't come out of those games with a win. They don't. Uh, I heard a stat this morning, Tom. Uh, pro football focus, they do something called turnover-worthy plays, which is pretty self-explanatory, like a play that mm-hmm. probably should be a turnover, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a fumble or when you throw it to the defense. Turnover-worthy kind of play. He was middle of the pack this year. I think he was. You know, he didn't have that many interceptions, but the reality is he probably should have had more than he did. Yeah, and, and it, it showed itself in those playoff yeah. games. I mean, I think I saw about six uh, dropped interceptions by defenders. So, yeah, Brock Purdy is hot garbage. 
I can't even understand why San Francisco is favored in this game, and I got the Chiefs winning by double digits in this game. See, nobody can, yet they're favored. It, it, it just it has my mind kind of spinning here. Why are they favored? Tom, we appreciate it. All right, let me throw at you guys what I threw at Ross. What would you rather watch on Sunday night? Like, not what you, Just like as a fan. Hugh, would you rather see the ball in Mahomes' hands and he's down four, two minutes to go, trying to go add to his legacy, or the ball in Purdy's hands and he's down four, two minutes to go? For excitement purposes, I want to see Mahomes and see the magic that he brings to the table. Definitely. I okay. want the ball in Purdy's hands. I just – because – Why? I, Do you want to see an implosion? No, I think, he'll, I think he'll yes. lead him down to win. You think Brock Purdy will bring them down to win? I just watched him do it two weeks in a row in the playoffs. Okay. I, I mean, I, 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 I think he'll do that. But, or even if he doesn't. Like my, my thing is I just want to see because the reaction's Monday. Like if Mahomes does it. You're doing it for sh- I got you. For the show well, purposes. I just think it's that'd fun. Be, that'd be dope. If Mahomes does it, what are we going to say? Like, yep, he's the greatest ever or whatever. He's on path to beat to Or he Brady. does it again. He does it again. And yeah, if he I doesn't, are we you. really going to blast them? It's like, all right, he didn't win this one. He missed the shot. Like Kobe missed sometimes. No, I hear you. I hear you. But if Purdy does or doesn't, it's just if, – like if he does that – you know what Monday morning is going to be. Or it's going to validate some people's parking He's form. Brady well, or he's Warner. <laughs> or and if, if he, he doesn't, doesn't yeah. then Kyle's going to come in here and say, I told you so. I'm going to give you the best scenario okay. for, for takes. Let's hear it. It's Brock Purdy with the ball. He gets a chance to go down. He throws a ball that should be intercepted but is dropped. Yeah. Like he always does. His lucky ass. And then he goes and wins the game. Then everyone's going to be like, game winning drive, but he tried to lose it. So, And I'm going to be over here just. I'm going to implode myself. Okay. You're right, and that will be the take on Monday. But I feel like history tends to forget those moments. Right. Like uh, Giants-Patriots. Eli threw a pass on that drive that he won the game on right to Asante Samuel. Yes. And Asante didn't catch and it. And it's going to bother me to, like endlessly. Right, and no one really brings up what I right. just brought up. Oh, the Giants beat the Patriots. But they probably shouldn't have, right? If Asante catches the ball, that never happens. Yeah, but Kyle will hold on to it for the rest of his life. I will fold. You might, I might have to take a week off. I've heard he's going to have two or three rings one day. He doesn't <laughs> have any. He stinks. Terrible. We're taking him away from him. How right, many does he really have? Yeah, like, oh, Howard does that with... Belichick. Let's talk to T and Collinsville. What's up, T? Hey, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Anytime, T. What's so far? Thank you. What's up today, T? Uh, well, uh, first, um, let me start with this, man. Man, man, big thirsty over there. How you doing, man? You know what I mean, you all right over there? The oh, T, is, is James shots fired. What you talking? What, what is that? Before I retort, what does that exactly mean? I'm being thirsty. No, nah, I'm just messing with you. I just saw that they got the Brazil game. I'm thinking Hollis is calling you up, and then they end with possibly the Super Bowl in New Orleans. Man, you got a line up here ready to go well, ham. Well, well T, let me, let, me, let me say this. First of all, T, you've probably been to Brazil more times than I've been in my whole life. So that would in, <laughs> entail make you the thirsty one. I don't, I'm not going to Brazil because I'm not, I'm, I, don't, I don't need to go to Brazil. Like Brazil's Mr. different. Eyes shut. No, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't like. Listen, T. I think me and you're on the same wavelength when we're talking we about are, this we trip. Are, we are. I don't need to be in Brazil. I, I know my limitations. You know, I didn't think about what T said. The season could start for the Eagles next <laughs> year in Brazil and end in New Orleans. Yes. Well, yeah. I'm not. No, I, I will take my chance in New Orleans. I'm gonna leave Brazil. So y'all catch that light to go to Brazil. I'm gonna stay here <laughs> in in the states. I'm okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I know Hollis on the speed. No, Hollis, Hollis is definitely probably trying to go to Brazil. He's probably there, <laughs> no question about it. That's my dog. Right. I love him to death. But yeah, it's Hollis. Uh, real quick, let's let's run over. I know you have a question, but I want to run over the whole uh, secondary situation because you know the idea of 
last week's A.J. Brown for Patrick, I thought was was wild. I, I honestly, first of all, I just didn't think there would come a price that would make sense that Howie would pull the trigger. And if he did, I didn't want him to overpay mm-hmm. because you had the opportunity to obtain Pat um, in the draft when you got Devontae. So if you really wanted him, most likely you're going to overpay for him now because he's already proven and I'm not in the, in the regards of what kick, we're kicking the can down the road with all this money on these other players mm-hmm. that we're going to keep doing it with Sertain. So I'm in a camp of, you know, where Hughes at, where you're going to develop these players. And that was one of the gripes I had with the young coaching staff and, you know, the whole Sirianni era itself. They, they just haven't developed players. Um, so, you know, I think the idea that you could get, um, you know, a first-round draft pick, and, you know, in the Lori era, the probability is wide receiver, offensive lineman, or cornerback in the first round. They're not getting a safety or a linebacker, okay? And, and honestly, if Kelsey's coming back and with who they have on the line, I mean, you put that out the way, and they're not getting a third receiver behind Devontae and A.J. in the first round either. So, that I mean, it kind of narrows it down to cornerback. And the first six or seven prospects, you know, are, you know they're, they're reputable. I mean, you got Deshaun. You got um, uh, oh, hold on. you got uh, McKinnistry, you got Arnold, you got um, uh, Lassiter. I mean, you, there's a prospect. There's there, a lot. I, I saw. I even saw at, one uh, from the Senior Bowl from Toledo that they said Quentin, he's now Quentin Quentin, Quentin, uh, Quentin Mitchell. Yeah, he, he Quentin played. Mitchell, he's probably Toledo. a first rounder now too. So there's a lot. Yeah, there's there's a lot of options. So I don't think going to get Pat is the right option. And then look at the roster. I mean, if you look at the roster with the young cast, these little funded cast that they have, and whether you agree or believe they still have a plethora. So now we got Slay and Bradbury. I don't think they get rid of both. I just don't. Financially, that doesn't make sense. So then you got Ringo, you got Ricks, you got Joe, McPherson comes back. I mean, and, and you also have uh, Goodrich. I, I just, I, and Vontae Maddox, I just, I, I don't see them doing all that. I don't see them getting rid of Slay, Bradbury, trading for Pat. It's just not logical. It doesn't make sense. So they're going to get a young Thundercat, if anything. And if you don't agree with me, I mean, watch it play out. I've told you all many times. Now on the Jalen thing. On the Jalen thing, Brian Johnson, and you expected different results. Now we've done upgraded with Kellen Moore and Doug uh, Nussmeyer. So you don't think that this the capability of him getting healthy, slower or not, is not going to produce better results? I think it will. Yeah, he'll, be, he'll, I, think gotta, he'll, I think he'll be better next year. He's got to be closer uh, from every metric I've seen in the NFL so far from Jalen's produced, and, and projecting forward that he's more closer to Mahomes. It's without question. Well, we hope. It's, it's I mean, even... so, but hold, I'll say it this way. If Mahomes is one, and let's say Purdy ends up the 10th best quarterback or whatever, something like that, I mean, if Jalen's seven, he's closer to Purdy. You see what I mean? Like, he's not the best. No, no, but see, how many, all right, how many, how many quarterbacks, right, that have come and pre- put together – a resume that Jalen's done so far, right, in a short amount of time, okay? Totally agree. But had as many coordinator changes as Baker Mayfield. There's not many quarterbacks. Very few. No, very, well, and there's not, to you, right, there's not many. And part of the, the worry I have, and we appreciate T as always, is we still may have more coordinator changes. We don't have the play caller as the head coach. That leads to not, it's hard to have continuity that way. Yeah, but I feel like this. If, if we instill the knowledge in Jalen where he knows where he's he's best and you know this coordinator shows him that then I feel like that's if say for instance if if coach Goober decides to leave and gets a head coach mm-hmm. job somewhere that Jalen knows and that there's enough data 
to suggest where Jalen is better at his strengths and his weaknesses. I mean, I understand where you're coming from and talking about the, the play crawler change and all of that stuff. That's not necessarily a bad thing if you come in here and you can add layers onto Jalen's already, you know, progression as a quarterback and learning. It could be okay yeah, as long be. as you keep hiring good coordinators. Yeah, this and year you have to didn't. do that. I think that I think that what happened, and we all thought it was a good thing because I thought it was a good thing, that hiring your friend, somebody that knows you best, would be good for you. Because I was coming from the perspective of they can coach you hard, they can be, tell you, the hard truth sometimes that you might not want to hear. Yeah. I don't think that was the case with Coach Johnson. Yeah. I don't think that's what he did for, for Jalen Hurst. And in turn, I think it, it, it stunted his growth somewhat. Yeah, his play certainly would, would indicate that. All right, let's get to a couple wild stories here from Media Row over at the Serve Bar. And here's the first one. And this uh, Diana Russini, she was on the Athletic Football Show. This is what she said about Mike Vrabel and why he may not have gotten a job. Because as much as we've talked about Belichick not getting a job, I think it's almost, you know, not quite, but in the same ballpark as surprising is Vrabel didn't get a job. Like Dan Quinn got one, but Vrabel didn't. And and like just think about the guys that got like Dave Canales. Who's Dave Canales walked in this room right now. I didn't even know who he was. He was a coordinator for one year. He got the Panthers job. So no Vrabel. Listen, this is what Diana Rossini said. She said, quote, I had a GM at the Senior Bowl who mentioned to me on Vrabel's physical build that he's a very large human being and can be very intimidating to people in an organization that are going to be part of these decisions, and that is a factor. She then kind of laughed but said the GM followed up by saying, I'm just telling you, I've been in rooms, and somebody's physical presence can make a difference. Hugh, I'm curious your thoughts on this. I believe that. Yeah. I believe believe there's something to that because it kind of buys into why some coaches – aren't being hired and why some coaches are are recycled. I mean, it was a time when I played in the NFL where it felt like some of the same coaches kept getting recycled over and over again. Now, they've gotten away from that model. But I can definitely see a model where somebody doesn't want to be intimidated by a guy of Coach Vrabel's pedigree. You're talking about really damn good player in college, damn good player in the pros, and has come to the other side and has been a pretty good coach in the NFL. Now, he doesn't have any rings or anything, but when you talk about coaching his team and keeping him relevant, I think he's done a good job oh, of that. Especially without a quarterback. He didn't have a great and, quarterback. And Buddy, like 6'6", six, six. he like 6'6", six, six, and he still work out. I can see certain people that have came up in a way where, you know, they got it through the mud. They, they've been, uh, say, for example, lawn guys, lawn jockeys, and then they became scouts. Then they became, you know, some other part in, the, in, the, in the, like a, a regional scout mm-hmm. or whatever. It came up through the organization. I can see somebody be intimidated like by that. I can definitely see that. I, look, I can't argue with a GM who's saying that they feel that. Hugh, you believe that? I just think it's embarrassing if this is real. Like if team, the whole point is to hire the best people. Joe, their fit, their like their stature. The, the, what was? Who cares? The NFL is one of them. Uh, what they say, recession proof, and it's the it's a biggest one of the one of the biggest money making entities on the planet, and there are a lot of guys that are bean counters and p- pencil pushers that have got into this and made a tremendous amount of money, and now they know football and they and they run the thing, and they want like it's more people that haven't played the game running football than there sure, is and that's, playing the game. And that's every and that's fine. And that's fine. And not every, saying that's a bad and thing. And it's not just football. That's baseball. That's, that's everything. Football, yeah. And, and that's fine. But there are some that are rooted in that fear 
that because certain people have played and they're able to do other things that they could be intimidated by that. So I can see that definitely. So I, I just here's the way I view coaching. It, it, like I get it when you look at a player. Right, I, I get look looking at a player, and you might look at a physical build of a player and have an assumption, and maybe that's wrong, but like it makes sense, like they're athletes. But like I, when I think of coaches in my lifetime, I think of old guys, young guys, fat guys, but that's, handsome guys. That, that's how you think about it. But but but, but it's not been the, the, the like think about NFL coaches. Right, some look like Andy Reid, mm-hmm. some look like Bill Belichick, some look like Sean McVay. And a whole it, lot it of them look matter. like Mike Coach Vrabel, though. <laughs> No, okay, you're right. Because, well, there's not many former players that, that become no, head coaches. I'm, I'm saying, like, I haven't seen him in no, a while, I get it. but he, no, he's, he's huge. You know what I mean? He look like he still know where the weight room is. Oh, but is. Dan Campbell does, too. He got a job. Yeah, but Dan, Dan is a little different. Nah, I, who would, all right, if you had to pick a cage Rable. fight, I think I might pick Campbell. Okay, I think, but see, they'd I think be this one is and two, difference. though. This is the difference. Among all NFL coaches. I think, I think this is where the difference. I think this is the difference between the two. I feel like, and, and I might not, I might not be right about this, but this would feel. I think that when Coach Campbell came in, he was considered a little bit more goofy. Well, he, he was, probably, yeah. People didn't, you know, what I mean, smart. and he was not that. I, I don't feel like he was biting kneecaps, though. Yeah, it, I don't feel like people thought he was going to have the kind of success that he had. Oh, people didn't. Coach Vrabel has been across the board, kind of like a, a badass, like Kyle likes to say, probably his whole career, like throughout his playing days, his days at Ohio State, like he's been that guy that probably walks into the room. And it's somewhat intimidating. Here's my theory. I, I think we're going to look back on this offseason as the one where NFL teams overthought things. We're not going to hire <laughs> Belichick. We're not going to hire Vrabel. We're going to hire Dave Canales. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we doing? Because he's safe. Safe? He's probably going to get fired in two years. Well, I, you know what? I do think there's something to, and I agree with this, like moving away from defensive-oriented head coaches. It's, it's becoming like a dinosaur in this league. Why would you want that when you can get a guy who's Dave Canales, quarterback guru, uh, fixed Geno, fixed Baker Mayfield? Yeah, yeah, like think about that. That's the direction everything's going. I get that, but okay. So, but Dan Quinn got hired. I know, but that was he was like their third choice. Uh, but they he wanted was like Ben the Johnson. Third choice from all the the pretty girls that had left and went home already. She was the last one there. So you had yeah, the, well, the, or he was the last one in the meeting. So, by, by the way, yeah. just real quick, because Colin Coward did a segment on this. Mm-hmm. He wanted to. He, he threw Jim Harbaugh in the mix that he could beat up Gerard Mayo, Antonio Pierce, D'Amico, Robert Sala. There's some tough guy coaches yeah, there out are there. Some tough I'm not guy sure coaches. about Jim Harbaugh though. No, he's a quarterback. I'll take the linebackers in the fight. <laughs> I mean, I'm I mean, Jim did play tough. He would. He would like. You know, he he was kind of a tough quarterback, but not this level of a linebacker. I love the, the segment though. Like, which coaches would kick the other coaches? All head? right. So if there's a Royal Rumble of all 32 NFL coaches, how long does Sirianni last? Oh, he he getting taken out in the beginning. <laughs> I think he'd be scrappy, though. Like, I think he would, I think too. he would fight until he was until he couldn't physically anymore. Uh, Canales is out quickly. Yeah. You know who's another one that would last pretty long in this Royal Rumble? Robert Sala. Yes. Yeah, he, he looked like he put together. I, I think. Are we just going head coaches? Head yeah, coaches. Sure. Yeah. yeah, Robert Sala. Your Shanahan's LaFleur's would get their asses beat. Oh, quickly. Yep. That's a mistake. Yeah, there, those guys are done. What um, about the Harbaugh's? How far along the Harbaugh's last? They're scrappy little I guys. I think they're scrappy. Yeah, yeah. I think scrappy are probably in think. the middle. Oh, McCarthy's out in five seconds. Oh, goodness. <laughs> they just hoist him right over the ropes and flip him out. <laughs> that would be an easy coach one. Run, but that is funny. I think Campbell would – Campbell is my pick right now. Campbell, to Sala, win? yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he got the size. He got size on his side, yeah. I would say Pete Carroll's lucky about, that he's fired. Uh, what about yeah, Dan Quinn? Health. What about Dan Quinn? No, he could last pretty long yeah, in the Rumble. Dan yeah. Quinn. Tough guy. All he right. really got no muscle tone. <laughs> Dan Quinn? No, not really. Oh, poor guy taking it astray from Hugh here. All right. One more quick thing on uh, on what's happened at Media Row at Las Vegas. How about this story? So Boomer and Geo, the morning show, WFAN in New York, 
And I listen, you know, around this time of year, you get these emails from PR people like, hey, you want to book that guest or that guest? This person's available. So I'm guessing they had a little mix up here because they booked Randy Moss this morning. Hugh, and they, and they started the interview and they, and they thought they had Randy Moss, you know, the all time great wide receiver. Yeah. They had Randy Moss, the horse racing announcer. But wait a minute. White guy. Who 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 vetted him when he called? Like that's on the that's on the call. So it was it was their producer. I heard the beginning of the clip. And so, so is their producer with them in Vegas? They're yeah, he's there and they're like, So what is Randy promoting? He's like, Oh, like something for horse racing. And they're like, Hold on, what? <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of a story we had here at, at WIP once. Uh this is what, six, seven years ago now, probably at this yes. point. Yeah, it's before John Marks was on yes. the afternoon show. Carlin and before I, Jack too. Yeah, so it, was it was Carlin and Reese. Carlin and Reese, Hugh, back in the day, they um they thought they had a really uh big time guest at one point. They thought Dr. J had called in and uh well listen to what happened when when we thought that happened here. Dr. J, you got us? I got you. How's it going? Doing well. Doing well. How are you doing? Dude, that's not Dr. J. I'm doing J. great. Hang on one second. I'm just walking across the house. That's not Dr. J, that's dude. That's not him. That's you not hear him. me? That is not Dr. J. That bro. was not him. Yeah, hang up on him then. I don't know who that is. Not sure who that was. All right. We'll, get, we'll see if we can get this straightened out in a sec. I'm like, you know what I like about that? That what I the was hell? Really irritated. <laughs> he was well, not happy. Good thing he was there to throw the life life preserver on. Hey, hey, hey. I said, hang up on his <laughs> I, I love Chris Carlin. Let's be real. Chris had no idea. I, I, I think you can hear it there. He Oh, he followed now, Ike's lead. Yeah, he may have come to the conclusion after maybe another, but it would have went on for a little bit longer before Chris <laughs> picked up on it. Ike is like, what? Get, get him off the Hold line. Hold up. Yeah, that it's was an all-time classic. It's one of the so it's, it's one of the best ones. It's it's one of my favorite WIP. Like just like what, what did we just do there? This like, fake... like that's not him, bro. <laughs> well, that got through the producer because that.